c'est moi, Gemma. Guten Tag. Oh. Um, it's finished. episode 544 of Conversation Stream. Michael. The UK's the UK's coronation of the It's got me in it. We're spoiler free. We haven't said that for ages. No. Spoiler free. Try not to be. Um, we are talking about episodes of Coronation Street because that's the thing we're talking about. Uh, the broadcast between the 10th and the 14th of October 2022. Episode 10,765. 10,079. No, that's not right, is it? 69. Written the numbers down wrong. Sorry. Read what I'm... There weren't that many episodes on don't this week. Don't read what I'm saying. <laughs> Hello everybody, how you doing? Hope you enjoyed Coronation Street this week. I thought it was a bit of a mixed bag, looking forward to delving into that a little bit later. Um, but first, Gem, I don't want to talk about our fun weekend that we had last weekend. It was it was good, wasn't it? Well, people, I, I got a glare, but people have seen pictures on their Instagram, so they knew that we had Not a lovely... Not me though. No pictures of no you. I was definitely there. there. We had a lovely weekend away with uh, with Charlie DeMello and Georgia Taylor for, for a double uh, second weekend away for Gemma's birthday, wasn't it? Hooray for me! It wasn't actually Gemma's birthday. It had been, but we couldn't do it's it on a birthday, birthday weekend month. because we were seeing other people it's then. my birthday month. Yeah, it was. So we went up to Coventry, which just so happened to be in a handy position <laughs> for us all say, to meet up. The symbolism of um, making... A podcast that go to Coventry is not lost on me. <laughs> it's funny I hadn't thought about that. Well, it's funny because I grew up in Coventry. I spent the first twenty years of my life there, and it was funny going back there and meeting up with these with these uh, lovely friends of ours and, and having a nice uh, dinner. We had a Korean we barbecue. Had a very didn't we? lovely, lovely Introduced dinner. Introduced them to the delicacies of Korean barbecue in Coventry. If anybody wants me to teach them about how to eat Korean barbecue, she was an expert. All Chinese hot pot. Even if you're sceptical, I'm sure. Korean barbecue is Gemma's new thing. It's been a thing for 2022, (laughs) hasn't it? And you're spreading it around. Yeah. So it was nice. We we yeah we met up. We we had a Korean barbecue. We went to have some cocktails, didn't we? Some birthday cocktails. Yes. We had some lots of people coming up. Very very yeah. (laughs) We had lots of people coming up saying you're off curry. And I was like, no, I'm not. Not to me and Gemma. I just got one of those familiar faces. (laughs) So there were a few uh, a few photo opportunities for um, some other Coventry. Coronation Street fans, and then we we um yes next... we had a very nice time. I'm very very went out for brunch the next morning. I am, I am. I can't believe how lucky I am. We've been secretly organising it for ages, haven't we? Well, it's been mostly me what and Georgia. Me and Georgia mostly know. have been organising this for about a month. I, Charlie's I been partly involved, but I don't think he'd want to. He'd, he'd claim too much credit I, for um, it. I, I just really feel very happy. It was a and I'm very really lucky nice to have such lovely friends. It was really really nice weekends and Coronation Street themed, which is why we thought we talk. Well, you know, it was Coronation Street themed because they were there. That was it. We, we maybe talked a little bit about Coronation. I'm just saying why we were including this on the podcast. It was a, people might have been wondering about why how can we have pictures of me with Georgia and Charlie on Instagram. Well, now and they know. They you know, guessed already. Everyone always says, "Oh, why aren't you in the picture?" It's like who who would take the picture if I was in it? That is correct. So yes, but though somebody did come and take a picture of all four of us, didn't they? And I said, "Just crop that, please." Yeah, Thank so you. It, it, it exists. A photograph of Gemma. I have it somewhere. I don't want anyone to know about it. <laughs> it's not going online because Gemma doesn't like. No, I don't like, like it. That. I'm allowed to not like how I look. <laughs> but apart I like of... everything else about myself. Of course. I've got a brilliant voice. I'm so witty and funny. I've got else? great taste in friends. And, and a very warm lap at the moment, obviously, because we get yeah. Abby joining us this evening for the podcast. How are you doing, Abby? She's, She's fine. giving me um, evils for you. Listen, also, I've got to say, I'm still continuing my Halloween movie watching. Did you talk about that? Also I was thinking about maybe I should uh, like do a special bonus episode for our Patreon members about what I've seen. Do you think that'd be a good idea? I don't know. If people want it, they can... 
I watched... Gemma's watching a Halloween scary movie every day in October. Well, I'm watching it. For... I'm watching one per day of the month. I'm not watching one every day because I couldn't. Some days you deadline. watch two. It's my deadline this week, so I, I I couldn't. And also, I started watching old people, which is not just watching old people out the window. <laughs> it's going it's going to the park and watching them sitting on a bench. It's a German film, and I thought it was. I, I haven't even finished it. I thought it was so bad. So I thought it was going to be like some one sub- star review. I thought it was going to be like some subversive kind of like commentary on like fear of aging and and like maybe twist it back on the viewer and be like, but why are you afraid of aging? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was just old people being scary. Oh, okay. And I and I also want to say maybe this yes. is just a perspective of somebody who's recently turned a certain age. They weren't that old. (laughs) (laughs) Were they forty-one, Gemma? Are you going to be? Are you going to be them next year? I fundamentally disagree with the premise of this film. Well, I'm glad glad you were having a good week. I I have got a new album I've been listening to, a Paul Heaton and Jackie Abbott album. Yes, that's northern. Very northern, yeah. Isn't it again? I mention it here, and and there's also some Coronation Street we've been watching. So we saw some episodes. Yeah, we, th- we did, we did. Also this week, um, the Coronation Street puzzle book is out, isn't it, that we were raving about last week. I've, I've not even had any single chance to, to look at it. I, I meant to take no, it last on. weekend. Listen, but since we, that, excuse me, we we read h- half, exactly half. Yeah, yeah, we did, but that was that was Together. when we got it a couple of weeks ago. Yes. We haven't looked at it since, have no. we? But you thought it would be a good idea as a bit to, of promo for the book. it, even though we're not being sponsored. Um but, you know, we are open to offers. Um, well, Octopus Books kindly donated they did. us a copy for of the book. For our charity quiz. So everybody who took part in our charity quiz. And thank you again for all the um, Coronation Street actors. Hopefully you part, should have that by now. And all the Coronation now. Street um, fans who took part. If you don't have your book and you took part in the quiz, let us know. Because you may have moved. You should have had it. <laughs> the only person who took part in the charity quiz fan-wise, that I shouldn't have had their book by now is Nancy because yes, it'll take a little while to get over there. But abroad. we send them on Monday. Um, so if there's anyone in the UK that was expecting to receive this and they haven't, let us know. I don't know what we can do anyway, about listen, it for the time listen, being. We don't have but... any extra copies, but listen, we did this for um, the Trussell Trust, for food banks. So thank you everybody and thank you Octopus Books. So in order to thank you, we're giving you a shout out today because the quiz is going to be sourced from the book. Yes, because it's not only a puzzle book. There are the also official Coronation Street puzzle book, over 200 puzzles to delight fans of Britain's favourite soap. Well, um, I, I hopefully that includes our listeners. So I've got find this segment delightful. Some from the back of this um, book here because I know we looked at them. Read yet. the first. Is there half. a theme? It's mad, bad, and dangerous to know. <gasps> oh, is it about curry villains? Yes, because I thought it's Amazing. Halloween themed. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, that reminds me, I have got a new Halloween themed Conversation Street cover picture, haven't I? I made it Ooh, a week or so ago. I haven't released it yet. It's not one of my favourites, but I guess maybe oh, next I love week it then. I will. Um, I will debut that Brilliant. online right go for it can Gemma. i just give Mad one bad. small criticism of this what quiz book is that they've numbered everything or is it to do with page numbers probably i've just solved another <laughs> looking in the in the index of it and going what are these right, numbers okay. standing for next to the words <laughs> i was actually momentarily confused right okay listen um first question is about our favorite character pat Feeler. What is the name of the drug dealer who is responsible for supplying cocaine to Leanne Battersby, our favourite <gasps> character? Harvey killing... Gaskell. I haven't finished. Killing Tony Horrocks and getting oh, Steve McGill. Oh, no, not Harvey up. Gaskell. Jez Quigley. Correct. After admitting, you, you've got to keep score because I've got too many fingers in, involved. Um, well, it's out of 14, so that's a bit... Oh, my gosh. Right, let's, let's we don't, power through Do we have to do these. all of them? I don't know. You're the, quiz, you're the we'll quiz mistress. After admitting his role in the death of Seb Franklin... 
Corey Brent attempted to flee the country to avoid arrest, who intercepted the getaway van carrying him and his dad and instead drove them to Weatherfield Police Garrow. It were Garrowindus. Yep. What type of business was Terry Duckworth planning to open on Viaduct Street when loan shark Rick Nealon returned to demand Terry repay money owed to him? A booby bar. Strip club. Michael, don't say booby bar. <laughs> Just come a corner and you know. It says lap dancing club, so I'm not accepting that. That is the same thing. During that his reign no of place. marital abuse, Jeff Metcalf locked his claustrophobic wife, Yasmin, in what? A box. Do you need more than that? Yeah, I need more information. A sparkly box. What's a red of? sparkly magician's box. Magician's box. Yes. yes. This is all very bang up today, I have to say. I know, this is good. Richard Hillman tried to kill Emily Bishop while she was babysitting one evening. However, someone else walked in on the scene and ended up being murdered by him. Who was it? Oh, they it? should have said at the party it was Maxine Peacock. It was. Well, uh, has everyone noticed that Tracy Shaw has started posting loads on Instagram after being silent for years? What's going on there? I don't know. What do you mean? Hello, Pace. Tracy Shaw. She's allowed to do what she wants. Oh, no, it's interesting. She looks fab. Okay. I'm going to get her on the podcast. What was the name of the American duo who confessed to Irma Barlow that he had murdered Elsie Tanner's husband, Steve? Joe Donnelly. And finally, after faking a heart attack and consequently escaping from prison, Tony Gordon headed straight to Weatherfield, which two people had his accomplice, Robbie Sloan, taken hostage in Underworld when he arrived. Alien Carla. Correct. Yes. I would have also accepted Carla. Full marks. Good quiz book. It has it is a very it good has quiz asked book. questions about things that I know. Yeah. The very best type of quiz. There's a there's a quiz night going on at my school at the moment, Gemma, oh, by dear. the way. Yeah, I, I I've got I've got other engagements, what can I say? And I bet there wouldn't be a curry round in that, I'll tell you. There would be if I was in charge. Right. Is that is that oh no, we've got birthdays. Who's who's having a who's having a near Halloween birthday, Gemma? Okay, I will tell you. You you need to be ready. I was momentarily distracted by reading something. What were you reading? I was reading who wrote it because we said it was. It was Abigail. No, it wasn't. It It doesn't say that on there. I thought. Okay. You keep. I'm going to read it as well. Exactly. See, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued at this. Up there, look. Right. Birthdays. 16th of October, Maudie Edwards, who played Elsie Lappin. Director and actress, Tracy Spencer. Yes. Who played Tracy Spencer. Noip. Kershaw. Mm-hmm. Shane Ward. Played Shane Ward. Aiden Connor. Um, and I've, I've also written this note, which I read every year, that Tracy Spencer was the daughter of the new old inn landlady and served drinks to the Corrie characters during the warehouse fire. Thanks. In 1975. He's, this is like... Are you updating this birthday list, by the way, when we get new actors and things appear? I am every, normally, every time, okay. but not today. Okay. 18th of October, Ian Reddington, who played Vernon Tomlin... And that's it. That's bloody it. Oh, that is it. Well, we did have a couple of weeks of decent birthday weeks, um, didn't we? Everybody who we just read out is a decent birthday. <laughs> is that it? I told you. Should we talk it. about Coronation Street? Shall um, we do street talk? Probably ex- people expect we it, don't do we? Do give some behind-the-scenes be... secrets of some more no, film scenes that we saw filmed. Let's subvert expectations and talk about something different. Let's talk about Emmerdale. Then we're watching Emmerdale this week. We're not. I hear it's a big week. Here it's a bit blowy out there in the Dales. It's a bit of a gust. <laughs> no, we're talking about Coronation Street. That's about as much right as I can do. Curry time. Okay, street talk section of the podcast. And um, yeah, like I said, it's a bit of, <laughs> bit of touch and go this week, wasn't it? A bit of swings and roundabouts. A little bit of some of it was good. 
Some of it was really, really boring. Oh God, said, the summer bit was good. I was like, <laughs> the summer bit wasn't good. The summer bit was not good. But at least we didn't have any of that today. No, my kind of reflecting back on the week. Well, it's not really reflecting back. I, I felt it as I was watching it. And some of it was a bit of a slog. It was like, Mondays, boring. Wednesdays, quite good, actually. Today's episode, yeah, not so good. <laughs> Is that kind of where you were with it as well? I think so. At least Wednesdays was okay. And interestingly, what made yeah. it quite okay on Wednesday, partly, was the Stu storyline, which is what we've been having, you know, a little bit of problem with, with how it's been dragging, maybe, over the past few months. Uh, well, but... it, it it took a turn on Wednesday, and it was very yeah. exciting and interesting. And then today, it was like, the more I think about this... The less sense it makes. <laughs> there is still a good theory going out around there, which we'll get to in oh, a little bit okay, as right. well. Oh, right. I want to get on with it then. Okay, yeah. so we'll start off with the stupid frame storyline, and then we're going to have the Maria stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't know what to call this storyline. When, when Maria was stalked, we had it called There's Someone About Maria, which I quite liked, and I haven't got anything better coming along. I so don't get it. It's like there's something about Maria. I get there's that. someone about Maria. There's somebody about her. Stalking oh, her. Oh, about her. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I did have some other storyline titles, but I've rejected They're them. Terrible. Maybe we'll come They're to them terrible. later. Uh, speaking of terrible storyline, Assault and Daddery. Yeah? No? I know that's terrible. That's a really bad one. That's about Aaron's dad beating him up. I realised just like literally five minutes ago when we sat down, I could probably come up with something better that involved pop, like taking a pop at somebody. I don't know. <laughs> this is how I'm feeling about this when one. He, when like... he goes, you can call it pop off. Yeah, okay. I uh, quite like this one. Tim and Aggie, platonic or shaggy? <laughs> which, which was their relationship. Do, so far, it's platonic. Who knows, it may get shaggy um, the, the, the further we get on through the year. Then we had a little bit more of the Ken that makes a play for Wendy, which was another highlight of Wednesday's episode, I have to say, with Tracy's introduction into the, uh, into the mix. Um, we had some Harvey stuff today. I didn't have time to think of storyline tied up for Harvey, but... Um, yeah, he's not back yet, but it feels like um, he could just be around the corner, a bit of a return for Mr. Gaskell. And um, speaking of return, we also saw a little bit more of fun into uh, this week's episodes. Fun and, Cotton? Um, no. Fun Britain? No. Fun Gully? No. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Double Trouble, is is, um, is she Bernie about to be double-crossed? We'll have to see, because it looks like Fun is up to no good this week. Gemma... I'm going to let you do the Stew storyline if you want to today okay, because you did quite enjoy that Wednesday stuff. I like um, I like it when there's been a murder. There's oh, yeah, I know there has been. That's a bit of a, like what's going on with Stephen at the moment. Literally, that story that was oh so exciting I think he's doing for a good us. Job of laying he's really doing an excellent job of as keeping quiet about Street it. No suspicion. Go, he's just like staying right off the radar, it. isn't he? This uh, the, my notes for this Stu storyline has also got a lot of random DD stuff in there as well, such as this first scene. Well, where DD's involved. He she is involved because um yeah basically at the beginning of Monday's well, episode. She's like I'm I'm staying I'm staying in Weatherfield and um I want to have. James's James room. is it's bizarre to me that Glory is still sharing Michael's room. Why I'm... don't these adult children get the hint <laughs> and bugger off? I don't think that Glory can bugger off. Oh, are you talking the I adult thought you, children? I thought you were saying Glory's an adult. I've heard of soap opera what is it? Soap Agent opera Act. aging syndrome, rapid aging syndrome, that's it. But I don't, I don't how old is she? I don't remember. I don't know how is old she, she is, but her, her dad should just get himself 
get himself organised and move the hell out of the Bailey What house. is it that's keeping all these Bailey kids here? It's certainly not Aggie's cooking. Aggie's guilt tripping. <laughs> Every time one of them goes, she has maudlin stare out the window. <laughs> she does, doesn't Starts she? shagging around. Anyway, um, yeah, so, yeah. No, sorry, sorry, Glory. You, no, uh... you can't have like, your own room. And I imagine being Michael and having to share... It's just bizarre. And Dee Dee's like, well, I'm having James's room. They're actually. not really leaning that much into the Michael feeling like the... Um, the the, the, the yeah the, the extra child the, the the overlooked child I mean he has been the center of attention for a little, and I suppose he hasn't known with James being he hasn't a really done all that much for a long but, time but he's he's occasionally giving glances as if to say oh somebody pay attention to oh, me please but then they don't the go anywhere with child. it so anyway Dee's staying Dee we Dee knew staying. that already and now well she hasn't said anything yet oh, she doesn't yet later on they um in speed dial Stu's getting maudlin again theme of the week because he can't get in touch with Bridget. And she seems to have been given in the cold shoulder. Then we see Tim and Aggie. Is this the... the is, there, is there a separate affair storyline? There is. Yeah, all... They're the they're, they're, they're Shaggy yeah, well, storyline. Um, no, no, yes. No, I don't want to skip that because that's... Well, it's just Aggie else. saying that Ed's upset Dee Dee. That's it, Ed's really. But you're right. Okay, fine. Maybe that is another story. Get I over don't it. Know. Get over it. You're a grown woman. Stop going around stories, Dee Dee. Um... Later on, Yasmin tells Alia that she's got a plan for getting through to Bridget. That's a, uh, what could it be? And then this is when later on, Dee Dee tells Aggie that she's going to stay in Weatherfield because she doesn't like living in LA. And they're like, hooray, hurrah. And then she moans about the weather. It's like, <laughs> I would hate to live in LA. It sounds like a horrible, soulless place with no rain. <laughs> Sorry if you live in LA, but it's crazy to me that there's a place where it's like exciting when it rains like twice a year. Yeah. I couldn't live like that. I love well, the rain so some, much. I, I hear that some like it hot. And, and they live in LA. Well, they're all irrelevant, aren't they? can stay there. I don't know where I am now. I'm feeling more <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is you're doing your best Stew impression here, aren't you? Here we go. No. Yes, here me. is where yes, we are. Meets up with Sorry, Bridget everyone. Not a classic podcast, this, this one. This won't be a good one today. Gemma's, yes, got, Gemma's got a bit of a tummy ache I've as well. a really bad stomachache. Yasmin meets up with Bridget in the Rovers and she says, I need to speak, I need to think about Eliza and all this. And Yasmin says, yes, um, but Eliza and Stu get on really well and you should let them be grandparent and child and do the word, this um, original advert shenanigans, yes. like eating sweets and stuff. Yasmin says, look, whatever Stu has or hasn't done, we shouldn't deny them that, which I'm going to say, wrong. Should you? Well, you know, if it was, you know, something like, oh, did he shag about when he was a kid? Or, oh, did he mm, uh, sell state secrets to Russia? Or did he, was he involved in a puppy farm? Mm, he murdered somebody. Yes. Or did he? We'll find out. You should, I think that that's got quite a lot of re- relevance, really. Yeah, but he's paid his time, hasn't he? So, yeah, I mean, I know he hasn't done anything, but Yasmin... And others might think, yeah, he has, he has repented. He's... I know, but you're sort of gambling it was a one-off, aren't you? <laughs> and let's be honest, he was in prison for 27 years. He didn't have access to any kids to murder then. So you can't say... Charlie wasn't a kid. She was young. Yeah. You can't say you can't say he definitely is rehabilitated because it's not like they tempted him. Give him a chance to kill someone. I think that in prison they should like, whatever crime you did, they should every so often set it up so you could do it again. 
to see if you'll do it. I, I think that I can completely trust <laughs> I can't you see because if I had that. a murderous streak in me and I was hanging around Alia and Zidane that That's much, true. one of them would be for the job. So like, we know he's, he's, he's had he's a year to do now. it. <laughs> yeah, they've tested his patience. <laughs> Back at number six, I don't know, he's pretty mad at the end of the week. Back at number six, Yasmin tells Stu and everybody else that she's managed to to get Bridget and Eliza to come around for a meal tomorrow but it'll probably be Wednesday and Lucy doesn't know about it and and Stu is thrilled and then Dee Dee quits her job over the phone later and Anki goes off to tell Tim but that's a different story that is a different story just about that in your mind keep it there for later Aggie told him something little nut in your cheek if you're a hamster (laughs) on Wednesday Eliza is not going to school in the cheek of my head (laughs) No, you're not my very cheek well. isn't my head. <laughs> the, cheek of, <laughs> the cheek of my cranium. The cheek of your brain. Uh, Wednesday. This is where Eliza's, it starts to get a bit more See, this is where the criminal streak starts to come in. Yeah, his, mm. ba- his bad influence on this child. One minute she's fine, the next minute she's playing hooky because uh, her granddad's a murderer. This, this Coronation Street is just like, that if we no don't respect. need children to go to school, they, we'll find a way of well getting won't. them off. Like... Max doesn't. Max needs to be in a story. What reason can we have for him to be at home this week? Oh, he just, just doesn't want to go in. Um, Sam doesn't. We need him in some non uh, in some street scenes. Let's just say that Nick and Leanne have arranged for him to stay off school. Literally, I don't all unauthorized absence. Can I find also them say sure. that quite a lot of these things could have just been. Oh, it's the evening. <laughs> yeah, I know. How was your day, Eliza? <laughs> yeah, they don't want to get out of the old um, nighttime filter, do they? Okay, so. She's she's pretending to be sick, but she's still well enough to come around for brunch. How come, also, he's organised brunch when he knew this kid was going to be at school? I can't remember. I think I thought that at the time. I don't know whether... They probably explained it. So Bridget comes around. Eliza's happy. They sit down for, for brunch. Everyone's thrilled. Um, Eliza talks about her school. She's going to an all-girls Catholic school, hmm. which is like... That seems really like specific, act, isn't, isn't it? it? And, and odd. Yeah, why not? I thought all girls' schools are very rare. Well, they, they maybe they days. are. I think they should bring them back. Get rid of all the ki- boys. No boys in education. Gemma went to an all girls school. All girls school. All yeah, girl. it was Halloween thing. <laughs> all girls school. No, it's like all girls school. You it's only French people. Girl. <laughs> girls. <laughs> a bunch of medieval French people. I still can't speak it. Anyway, so um, yeah, she goes to an all girls school. Stu says, I can play the guitar. And she's like, where did you learn it? And he went, oh, when I was in the big house. <laughs> no, he says, when I was inside. And uh, everyone gets a bit awkward. And then Eliza's playing probably Twinkle Twinkle. Yeah, she's playing the guitar as well, isn't she? Oh, she didn't learn. Some in, musical. She learned inside as well. Yasmin goes to get a drink. And then St- Eliza asks Stu if he and Jasmine are together. And he says, we're just friends. And then she she says to him, was prison hard? And he said, it was. I didn't really like it. No, it wasn't my best time. Um, but the hardest part was missing out on everything that's happening outside. And Bridget's there looking all sad. And she goes into the orangery and gets upset. And then Stu follows her out there. And, and he's really nice to her, makes her feel even worse. She starts crying and they hug each other. Meanwhile, um, Yasmin and Eliza are, are talking and she's trying to distract her because Eliza's getting worried about her mum. Can I just say as well, this was like 
the happiest Yasmin's been in. Uh, Yasmin's I don't, great. It, I don't actually know when I've seen Yasmin be so happy than Wednesday's episode. She was just like totally chilled and relaxed and and normal yeah. and I really liked Jeff it free on Friday when Eliza was there and she was like, "Come upstairs and we'll get you all cozy in your room." I was like, "Yes, this is Yasmin that we love." Yeah, not like, oh no, no, you're angst, like Jeff. Angst. Yeah, oh, yeah. you accused me of things that wasn't me, which we did get some of this week. A little still. bit, but it's just she managed to. Turn Keep it around, it together, didn't she? Say. Yeah, so yeah. yes, please. More cheerful Yasmin. I enjoyed that. So Stu's still bagging on about being in prison and how hard it was and how alone Show and off. scared he was and he was really angry about it because he didn't do nothing wrong. And Bridget's like, oh, Dad, I'm so sorry. And then, like, she completely blew my mind because she said, I did it. It was me, Dad. I killed Charlie. And I was like... What? This isn't right. This can't be true. By the time this confession came out on Wednesday, I've I'd completely lost track of who I thought had actually done it because we kind of decided, well, you know, it was either Lucy or Bridget or Lennox, wasn't it? And I think I thought through all theories in my head and decided at various points that it was definitely one of them. I, I literally, I didn't know who I thought it was going to be. But I still could say, yeah, I knew it was Bridget because at some point I just, I thought it was her. But yeah, what I didn't know, I had no idea that this confession was coming no. today. I thought it was Lucy, Ple- maybe. Yeah. The mum. I, this completely caught me off guard. I think it's partly because of the you know, the plodding nature nature of this story and how it seems to have dragged out for a bit longer than it needed to. So for them actually to turn a big corner like this and have this bombshell... Nice. I think the problem with Coronation Street and murder mystery storylines, especially ones that aren't really about main characters, which they rarely do because they don't work, and this is proof, in my opinion, is that it's not focused enough for the red herrings to really feel like proper red herrings. They just feel like somebody got confused when they're writing it down. Mm. Yeah. Because why was (laughs) Lennox even in it? I don't even know now. Uh, uh, You've got your theory. Let's get to the end. I think. I really hope they relevant. can pull it back together at the end of this because um, there's there's a, there's twists and then there's just what are you talking about? <laughs> and this was a what are you talking about? Because I, I still I'm not sure whether I think that Bridget did anything. Well, what was her story? Well, she says she came to see Stu after her shift. After his shift, she she's a she's a teenager at this point, isn't she? She's well, she's been to school. She's, she's got a lovely clay <laughs> clay arts project. She's putting the work. Her. She's putting the hours. Yeah, working nine to five. <laughs> she brings in her art project to show him, and she sees Stu and Charlie together in the car. And she was going to confront them, but then Charlie gets out and Stu drives away. And then Charlie goes to the bus stop, gets a book out, sits down, and starts reading it. And Bridget's watching her. And were they a similar age, or was Charlie like a few years older than her? Oh yeah, must have been older because Ch- it, was Charlie and Stu the same age? I don't no, mm, I can't remember. I don't think I it particularly matters, but I, it does a bit. I thought Bridget Charlie was, was definitely young. younger. I think I, I get the impression that Charlie was young, yeah, but just Bridget was obviously a lot younger if she was, you know, yeah. a schoolgirl at the time. So anyway, she's like, I hate this girl. I can relate to this. Watching someone going, I hate you. <laughs> um, she goes over, she knocks the book out of Charlie's hand and Charlie's like, oi, leave me alone. I don't want any trouble. I'd quite like to have seen this flashback. I know Corrie doesn't do this at all, but it was a really, well, it's quite a it, vividly described is, scene. Well, there you go. She did a good job. She I did, think she the did do a good did job. Good job. I, I thought that the, the actress playing Bridget was fab this week. I've got her name. Um, what did I, I've written it down somewhere. She is played by uh, Beth Weiss. 
I think that she did a bang up job this week, actually. So yeah, good. Don't good. say bang up job around Stu. That's really rude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, so she's just slapped the book out of this girl's hand, and then she says, "Leave my family alone, and you'll regret it if you don't." And Charlie says, "Bugger off, little girl. Run home to mummy." And then Bridget ruins her clay model by hitting Charlie. She does a Tracy, doesn't she? And she dies. Yeah, wax with the stick. With it was kind of like a combination of Tracy and Deirdre because she made a little, she made a clay object, hmm. but then she killed somebody with it. Deirdre used yeah, to make oh things yeah, out of clay. Yeah, yeah, she did, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. She Maybe it wasn't. No, knowing knowing the era that this was probably in and how old Bridget is, she seems of similar age to us. She probably, it probably was an ashtray. <laughs> That's the sort of thing you would have made. In I can't. She, no, she did say what it was. I didn't write it down. It was a llama. It was a decorative llama. Are you sure about that? Yes. Yes. Right. So um, and then and then she just dies, and Bridget's like, oh no. She calls her mum, which is suspicious because she wouldn't have had a mobile phone. Phone box. They're all over the place. She ran to the, the phone 70s. box. She's like, God damn it, 80s. why is this defibrillator in here? <laughs> um, Stu is, Stu's like listening to all this, going, well, this is a bit of a bolt out of the blue, isn't it? He's stunned because it turns out Lucy's known as well. So Lucy and Bridget have both colluded together to keep him banged up all this time to cover up the murder that his daughter did. So Lucy and Bridget, this is even, this bit's even worse. They drag her body into the woods and then bury her. <laughs> what past Gary going, all right, burying the body? He's like, yeah. won't ask any questions. <laughs> um, uh, they, they want everyone to think it was a random attack and they didn't ever intend for Stu to be in trouble for this. And then she says, I wanted to confess when I found out that you weren't getting in trouble, but my mum said to keep quiet. And she's like, what? <laughs> why are you telling me now? And she says, because you were right, I am a coward. I left you to rot in there all on your own. And then she says, I didn't mean to kill Charlie. I feel really bad and I want to be punished for it. A bit like, a bit like Toya. Yeah. She heads inside and Yasmin and Eliza can see she's been crying. And Bridget says, right, we've got to go. She, she bundles Eliza off and Yasmin goes into the garden and stews there, like walking out the back gate. And I don't know where he went. He just went out for a walk for a stew. <laughs> she comes back. And tells Yasmin that Bridget confessed and Lucy co- that she killed uh, Charlie and that Lucy helped her cover it up. And he spent all these years, all these years, thinking he got fitted up by the police and they made up lies about him. And now he knows all along it's his flesh and blood. So here's my other question: Lennox, he's still guilty of like forcing a confession. Yeah. But the thing is, though, I don't want to give him a pass too much on this, but I will say that I don't think that interrogation techniques were very well understood. And I still think even now people don't really understand how easy it is to get somebody to confess to something they didn't do mm. by the way you treat them. It must be, it's very difficult yeah. to, to actually get people to tell you the truth in an interview. Mm. So, I mean, Lennox was obviously a, a, a dick, but he didn't, he didn't fit him up if he didn't know. Okay. It, This is what I think. I think, I wonder, whether (laughs) when Bridget whacked Charlie round the head, she wasn't actually dead. I think that Lucy comes along as like, she's dead. I'm going to finish her off. I know she's not dead, but I'm going to finish her off because that would be really handy because she was having it off with my with my husband, Stu. So I think that Lucy actually did kill her still and has left Bridget... To believe. believe that it was her. I also think 
that Lucy and Lennox were having an affair anyway, and I know that doesn't necessarily tally up with why Lucy would be mad at Charlie, but it doesn't matter. So, because uh, Louis know that Lennox left the force because he was having an affair with someone, and I'm still gripping onto that. So I think that Lucy and Lennox still colluded to pin it on Stu. So that so I think I think that Lennox, think Lennox probably knew did that still it know. Was Bridget. Yeah, that it was Bridget. Slash Lucy. Or, yeah, that, so so I think that maybe Lennox thinks it was Bridget, but actually it still could have been Lucy because at the end of the day, Bridget's kinda nice and Lucy is the hard faced cow in all of this. So I think it's probably gonna end with Lucy somehow admitting yeah, it was me, or, or or something. I don't know why she would do that after this stage. But yeah, I think that she's going to be the one that um, is is shipped off to prison. Bridget is left out with, with Eliza to form this nice relationship with Stu. And Lennox, well, there's nothing much you can do with him now, is there, because of the state he's in at the moment. But yeah, I still think that he colluded with Lucy. So say that last chunk again. You think that... Lennox. What you think that every, What do you think is going to happen? Lennox. Nothing can be done about nothing him. Nothing can be done about Lucy's him. But Lucy's going to. Yeah. Because it was. Bridget. Because it was actually her. And Bridget okay. gets to say, "Oh, I thought I, all these years, I thought that I killed him, but actually I didn't. I, uh, sorry, I thought I killed her, but actually I didn't. I just kind of nearly killed her. But it's not the same thing. Not the same thing. So I'm innocent now. See that this is where my puritanical side comes in, and it's probably a fault of my upbringing because my parents are pretty harsh, but fair, I think. And my dad was always the sort to like, you don't get praised for things you're supposed to do, etc, etc. Mm. But I can't help but think that Lucy still slapped this girl near to death <laughs> with a with a, with a a clay ashtray. And then helped her mum bury her in the woods and then said nothing about it. I still think that, that, you know, maybe she felt bad about it for 27 years. But still also think that that's a crime and she well, should be in trouble uh, As it. we've just seen from the Toya storyline, the... Justice system works differently in Weatherfield. It's so like, as long just as you feel really it. bad about it, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that, that's that's what I that's think. That's kind of what I think. So I don't, I, I don't have it an opinion on It doesn't feel like Lennox. it's over yet. I, I think it feels like a, a nice um, conclusion to this story. There's a nice going to be a nice bit of closure if just, Lucy realises that she didn't do it. Lucy realises she Sorry, didn't do it. Sorry, Bridget realises that she didn't do it. I know, but I just... It, I, she doesn't cut, get off the hook for me. She doesn't get off the hook because she 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 still did. I know, and her she's. Dad. I suppose she has been keeping it a secret all this time. Maybe if um, Lucy was sort of a bit more overbearing and abusive in some way. But I mean, I do get the impression that she has been. Bridget said that she wanted to confess, didn't she? But Lucy wouldn't let her. Yeah, because she's implicated in the crime as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Lucy now, Lucy's now in in it just as much because she helped her, her daughter bury a body in the woods. But Lucy, um, Bridget, I, can, I just can't get my head around yeah, right. okay. Bridget was a minor when this happened. So any kind of um, wow. coercion that came from Lucy to know like, you need to keep quiet about this or whatever, I think that we, we, you might argue that Bridget was young, she didn't know what she was doing. Oh, and that's... Okay. I don't agree with that at all either. No, but one might argue that. Whether you I can don't... argue it. I'm sure people who are listening have different opinions on this because it's a very controversial topic, isn't it? About, you know, children and can they understand and should they be tried as adults and, you know... I still well, it's, think... like, it's like Kelly, isn't it? She's a 15 She was year only old 17, girl. 16. I Lucy know. was 15, I think. Mm. Bridget was 15 when she did this. 
She still, she still whacks a girl. She thought she could. I'm sorry. She knew it was wrong. Okay, okay. I really don't. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I just find it bizarre that. Well, we'll find out. Let's get back on with the synopsis. You should be punished because... in some manner. Like, I understand that putting somebody in prison when they're 15, going, oh, you're in 30 years in prison now, it feels a bit unfair. But you've got to have some kind of, like, somebody's got to come and see and, the like, mental torture check of the last you out. 30 years. The thing is, also, Bridget's been walking around. She's on a knife edge at any moment, that woman. She could kill you for anything. <laughs> She's already done it to somebody. Do you not think it's a bit worrying? She was a hormonal teenager. Oh, okay. So what, a teenager can just kill somebody? Like, everyone's got one in them. Is that, is that, is that it? Let's get back to the I synopsis. just find it baffling, because we're supposed to be 100%, like, feeling bad for Bridget, because she's a very sympathetic person, isn't she? She's got... Yeah, yeah, yeah she, she, she I feel, feel really bad for her. She, and obviously, Stu's reacting in a very sympathetic way. He feels, you know, he doesn't want her to be punished. He, he wanted... You know, he just feels mad about the time he's lost. He, he wants to put everything behind him. But I'm just watching this going, this girl is like one of the most, most notorious child murderers that we've ever had in this country. Because I know that there Charlie have been... Charlie wasn't a child. 15 years old, she's no, a child. Bridget was a child. Charlie wasn't a child. She's a child murderer. She's, oh. a, ch- she's a child who murdered somebody. Okay, not a murderer of a child. And the thing is, you've brought up a point there that I was getting to. Most child murderers in this country killed other children. How many of them went around killing adults? That's scary. <laughs> I don't want children to start killing adults. <laughs> That's worrying to me. I'll be on first on the list. <laughs> I'm concerned about this. The, the morals here are all, all across the board, aren't they? <laughs> so, um, who goes to Victoria? Lucy comes around and she's like, listen to me. They go to Vic- They're like, we need some privacy. Let's go to Victoria <laughs> Gardens. So We've got to talk about this We're murder. We're in a house. We need to talk about a murder. Where can we go? I know, Victoria Gardens, where everybody can hear it. It's Tim and Aggie that. are just there saying, excuse me, we got some private business to do. Oh yeah, we got to talk about yeah, a murder. Off. Sorry, wine bench club. Get off. <laughs> get, get lost. Um, it's not even that it's a public garden. It's that it is on a corner right and also that you can't see everybody who can hear you because people can be sneaking around behind the, the um the walls and things it's yeah. just a really bad place for secret discussion but luckily they get away with it so they have a big argument and lucy says look bridget phoned me up didn't know what to do i had to think fast charlie was already dead and she's like look if you just asked me to tether up i would have done <laughs> It's just like, I bet you wouldn't know, would you? Yeah, it's all very well saying it now, I would have definitely... Like, would that have been your first reaction, honestly? Because that also seems dumb. This whole family, there's something in the water around wherever (laughs) they were living. And he said, if I'd played played guilty, I would have a shorter sentence. Which, that would have really annoyed me as well. If I was, if I was, if I was Stu, I don't think I could ever sleep again. I think I'd be, I think I'd hover above my bed because I'd be vibrating with rage. (laughs) So Lucy's like, please don't do anything about this. Please don't tell the police. Think about Eliza. Think about, think about that. And she says, get, get lost. So he goes back home. He sees the police car outside and he freaks out. He runs inside, but it, it's for another storyline. <laughs> it's for a different story. And Natalie's like, you've got to get used to this, Stu, on this ha- on the street. It's always an ambulance or a police car. <laughs> um, he says to Yasmin, look, I don't want Eliza to go through her mum going to jail. I just want, I want them in my life. I don't want, now I know what happened. It's good enough for me. And that my family knows it wasn't me. And that's all I care about. Meanwhile, 
that Medlinalia has, um, remember, sent off that thing that she got out of the bag. The mug. Bridget's thing to the DNA test. Yes. And she gets a message. And no, she Dee, tells, Dee gets a message. That's what I thought I'd said. Dee, Dee gets a message and tells Alia, um, oh, we're going to have the, uh, going to have the DNA tests for tomorrow and uh, Stu will be exonerated. Hooray! <laughs> so Alia was, um, suspiciously absent, I think, for Wednesday's episode because it would have been very handy for her to have heard any of this drama that was going on, but much more convenient for the plot that she was blissfully unaware of um, Bridget's confession until Friday. So, on Friday, Yasmin's the only sensible one in the story. She's like, I couldn't sleep because <laughs> your daughter killed a woman and pinned it on you for 27 years and her mum helped her cover it up. It's, it's, can I just say again? It's one thing to like bonk someone on the head and be like, whoops, oh well, you know, mm. accidents happen, can't break, make an omelette without breaking a few eggs. It's quite another thing to drag the corpse into the woods and bury it. <laughs> anyway, um, Stu's like, look, I don't want to ruin Eliza's life, um, let's just forget about it. Plenty of other things on this show have been forgotten that are more excited than this. Isla comes down for breakfast, totally blissfully unaware. She goes around to see DD at number three. The test results aren't back, but she promises her she'll say. And and Ali's like, I know Stu didn't do it. I know he didn't do it. So Stu arranges another secret meeting in Victoria Gardens, this time with Bridget. And she's feeling really bad. I don't know why now is the time she's decided that she's going to do it. She wants to hand herself in. And he says, no, I forgive you. And Eliza doesn't deserve to lose her mum. Please, I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose you again. And I, I, I'm... It might not be easy for me to forgive Lucy, but I have to, and everyone's suffered enough. Let's just have a nice afternoon. <laughs> I kind of see his point in a way. This is what this is what makes me think that this theory that it definitely was Lucy and not Bridget mm. is true, because Bridget's being far too much of a repentant murderer. Yeah, I for mean, everyone to be happy with her it, going. To it makes sense that if she's been bottling it up because. You know, we've seen that Lucy has basically ordered her, you will not tell anyone this. But now that she has, she probably feels such a weight off of her shoulders. I mean, you could see yeah. it in the performance from... She from, smiled at one point. Yeah, on, on Wednesdays, that now she's like, well, I've confessed this, so let's let the floodgates open. I want to tell everybody everything. I deserve some punishment here. Um, yeah. 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 So, um, Dee Dee comes... In and says, oh, got the results. It t- turned out that the ba- the DNA was half Stu, but half Lucy. And Ollie's like, what does that mean? She should have, Dee should have done, and I know she hasn't been on the street long enough, but yeah. she should have done a classic Corrie freak out here. Like, I got the results. It's no DDA on DNA on there. No, not really. No DDA. No DDA, no. It's actually, yeah, so the D, the results of the DNA show that it's part Lucy and part Stu. Which I thought which was they a take to weirdly, Bridget. Yeah, it was weirdly, um, it was really weirdly stated. It made it sound as though Stu and Lucy killed her together. Yeah, I thought that as well. But no, it, they, they think it's Bridget. So here we go. So the DNA is Bridget's, but then they didn't test but it's, Lucy, what, it's on a bag, they? isn't it? Well, yeah, we, no, they didn't test, no. But I thought, oh, I don't Hang know. Hang on a minute. I no, thought no, no, they no, stole no. Lucy's DNA off her mug. I'm confused. It doesn't matter. No, I they mean, don't have we... Bridget. Hang on, they don't have Bridget's DNA. No. They just have Stu and Lucy. They already had Stu's because he was convicted. And then they've got Lucy's now. 
I don't know why they got DNA off Stu because he confessed. But it doesn't matter. Lucy, it does the... matter a little bit because I'm trying to work this out. Okay. Lucy's DNA. They took that. Yeah. They didn't take Bridget's, but it was Bridget's. Yeah. Because it's half theirs, half. So, yeah. so, the, so the, she did. She must have hit her, and and then. Well, we know that Lucy and Bridget were there, so it yeah. doesn't particularly matter but why whether Lucy's it was Lucy's DNA or there? Bridget. Why isn't Lucy's DNA? Well, maybe she just didn't pick up the bag, either. The other thing I thought was weird about the storyline is this revelation as well. It's like by this point, we'd already learned that Bridget confessed and said that she did it. So the fact that her DNA on it was on it was not a revelation or a twist. Yeah, well, it was to Alia and Dee though, and that's why know, Alia they, goes round and. Yeah, I know, but the fact that they found out was a bit bo- like. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's what I thought. As I said, back to back on today's episode, it was so other characters like... finding out things that we already knew know, in some the... places. So it wasn't as exciting. Coronation Street, and I'm sure other soaps have this kind of stumbling block where people have to find out individually about something that you already know about, and it's not as exciting because you know. Mm. And, you know, and also there was nothing unpredictable or interesting about their response, really. They were both shocked. Like, what else would they be? <laughs> like, who knew? Ollie's, like, Ollie's troubled. She's like, this is a bit messed up. And Dee Dee's like, oh, yeah, because we did this through this charity and it's to exonerate innocent people. They're sort of really into the fact that they got a good result and they want to... They're going to give it to the police, so the police are going to look at it, and they're going to come and arrest Bridget. And Alia's like, what have I done? <laughs> I love this. I love how much Alia messed up trying to do the right thing. I think it's if I was her, funny. I'd just leave Weatherfield in shame, to be honest. I would just, yeah, I'd say, forget this. I, there's nothing I can do around there. Everyone's so ungrateful. <laughs> <laughs> so Bridget comes round later on, and Yasmin's feeling a bit... She's still feeling a bit weird about the fact that she knows this woman's a murderer, which I would be as well. And then Bridget goes, oh, I need, I need to go for a slash. And everyone's like, oh my God. She's going she to kill like... again. <laughs> um, policeman comes in and says, I need to talk to Stu. You might want to sit down. And then again, another revelation that we already knew. It's your daughter. She's the murderer. And he's like, oh no. <laughs> and then they say, we need to speak to Bridget. Do you know where she is? And Stu like, thinks he can be like, oh, I don't know. She might be down the shop. <laughs> Yeah, he tries the delaying like, tactics, How much? He? Can you just be like, well, she thinks she went to Tesco. I, um, she, she won't be back for ages because she likes to look at the magazines. She's like, I really hope she's found that joke book on the toilet and she's going to stay up there for another half an hour. <laughs> she comes down going, right, I've got a good joke. Right, listen to this one. <laughs> so um, she comes downstairs and... She agrees to go off with the police, doesn't she? Yeah, she's like... She's like, I'll have myself in, basically. Have you moved it again? No, it's here. It's literally here. Yeah, she's like, look, Dad, forget it, I'll go. Stu accuses Yasmin. He thinks it's her fault because she's the only one that he knows that knows that Bridget confessed. So he's like, how dare you? You've ruined everything. And she's like, no, I didn't. When this happened, I was like... Oh, come on. Why can't these two just get on? Like, if it's not Yasmin accusing... um, Stew of the heinous crime of being a little bit like Jeff. Now you got the shoe on the other foot, and part of yeah. me was thinking, "Oh, how do you like it now, Yasmin?" But the rest of me was just thinking, "Oh just no, just bloody be nice why, to each other." Why is this this unnecessary drama of one of them <laughs> falling out with the other one, or somebody getting the wrong end of the stick about something? And it didn't last very long either. No, it's did fine. It? Yeah, but it's but... fine. It was a good, it was a normal reaction. See, she's like, "Look, I didn't do it," and she's lecturing her, and Alia comes in. She's standing there listening, going. Oh. <laughs> oh dear. Maybe now's the time. Eventually she pipes up and says, oh, it's actually, like, it was me. I was just trying to help. And she's like, what the hell are you doing? I need, this is, you, oh, you people 
he acts madder at her than he did at Bridget for going, oh, sorry, Dad, you know that murder what you done, what everyone said you done? It was me, actually, I just remembered. <laughs> yes, Stu's proper she's mad at her. She's mad at her. her. Obviously, it's like a delayed Well, delayed he's also reaction. embarrassed because he's just been having a massive go at Yasmin, his um, benevolent host at number I six. And now yeah. he's got a pedal back from that as well. We didn't apologise, did he? So, um, he's he just, did at the end, kind oh, of. I've got to go to the police station to talk to Bridget. So they go to the police station. Lucy's there going, I'll get my revenge. I um, would have got away with it too if it wasn't for pesky stew. <laughs> and Alia too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Yeah, she had the police officer's hand the there, around the her arm, there, like, going, You can't just bury people. Yeah. This unlicensed, uh, what's the word? Um, grave digging. Yeah. you got to have a licence for that. Um... And so he, she's all like mad at him and he says he wants to see Eliza and she says, over my cold dead corpse, which I thought was a weird turn of phrase because normally you'd say, over my cold dead body, mm. but she said corpse, like she really likes that word <laughs> or like she's trying to show off that she knew a fancy word for body. She probably looked up all the words. Yeah. So Stu goes up to the dead, like she's, he, she says. probably says she can write her memoirs. He says, I want Eliza. And she says, never. And then Stu like runs up to the desk like she he thinks Eliza's there. Going, oh, I don't know what to do then. That desk sergeant as well is like, I don't think you should be here, sir. What does that mean? He's it's like, I'm on Corey, I've got a line. Oh, sorry, I just came in to use the vending machine. <laughs> what do you mean I shouldn't be in here? So Eliza comes, basically he gets custody of Eliza for the night. She comes over and this is when Stu and Asmin are being very cute in there. And uh, Yasmin's like, let's go and get your bedroom sorted out. And um, Eliza's like, why, why is mummy and grandma in prison? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Just need to help them with their inquiries. <laughs> Arnie comes in and she's like, oh, you know Matt, you know Hunky Matt. The main reason they brought that Thank character in is so I would have somewhere to stay tonight. The next time I'm screwed up. up yeah. <laughs> so she says, so really sorry about this, Stu. And he's like, shut up. I'm not interested. So Yasmin and Stu sit on the sofa he says, sorry. Uh, he has a little cry. And he's like, this is the worst thing that ha- has happened to me. And that was really sad because he's been in prison for 27 years for a crow he didn't give it. And this is still the worst thing that's ever happened to him. It was sad, but I was th- I don't think I was think- feeling that sympathetic towards you before- at the end of the episode. I was just thinking, oh, oh gosh, this story's not over yet. Why? And then he's got more misery. Like, I was just, bring it... I hope that they kind of come to some sort of conclusion to this, like, next week. I don't need this to go on any longer than this. I've, I I like it when they try and put twists in and everything, but it's... When it's good, it's fine, but it's... I don't know, there's there's just too much to it that I'm not loving. I thought, I think it's really interesting. I just really, really feel like it's lost in, in Coronation Street, which is a weird thing for me to say. And the main reason, I think that it feels out of place in Coronation Street is because it's not about any of the main characters. And Stu's only been in it for like a year. Yeah, maybe that is part of it. And it's not it. about anybody that we know. We don't know. We don't even know what Charlie looked like. No. I want to see her face to see if I think she deserved to die or not. I want to see her with a, with, an, a, with a clay chunk sticking out of her mm-hmm, brain. Mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. I, you're right. It's, yeah, maybe that is the problem. And I, and I do like Stu, I guess. I like But Stu. maybe I'm not I as like invested in him as... In, in, in as I, as much as I should be for this kind of story and yes Yasmin and Ali are involved in it but they're kind of very much on the sidelines yeah, but I like they? them as well I like I like watching Ali getting everything wrong uh, yeah I really like people shouting at Ali I want more of that please but she just doesn't get the message does she she just 
lives to she meddle another so, day. She's just so oblivious to how rubbish she is at solving any sort of crisis. But it doesn't stop her from trying, does it? No, she really likes to get an ebb in, doesn't she? So anyway, again, another another thing that Chronos Street falls a cropper of, and it's only really probably with intensely intense viewers like us who talk about it and you know discuss things and stuff is how long it takes them to to reveal what actually happened and by the time they get around to it everyone's already guessed about 500 different variations on the same thing yeah. and the thing is in real life it probably would take this long or longer and of lots of would. things are sped up for coronation street it just feels like they can drag some of course it would especially I'm just when there's weeks in between yeah i know i'm just saying yeah, but it, but I, I still stand by the fact that it was a very unexpected and much appreciated twist on Wednesday when that revelation came out in the garden because I wasn't expecting it. And, yeah, and I love. I did like that. I thought Wednesday's was great. I, I, th- there's some really good performances. Like I said, Shelley King really nice with her just happy, warm, charmingness. Um, and, and then Stu and and um, uh, what's it, Bridget? I can't remember her name. In the garden, that confession scene was 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 great. Eliza I'm kind of enjoying although she is a little bit stayed schooly pushy mummish with her um with her precociousness in a way but I I, I kind of like her um she's just a little Hermione yeah she is a little bit and I was what did you think of the fact that Stu forgave um Bridget and didn't want to um you know well, get her to confess just, or it was more like he literally is so sick of this now it's just all he want. All he wanted was for his family to to accept him and know that he didn't do it. And, and now he knows that they always knew all along. Yeah. And I think maybe it was just the shock that made him say, "Forget it." Maybe if he thought about it longer or he dwelled on it anymore, he I mean, might start to sort of resent them a bit more. And but he's he's been estranged from his family for all these years, um, and. Yeah. He, he's been thinking, oh, what, what, what's my family up to? I've missed, I've missed Bridget. He was trying to contact Bridget for months, wasn't he, before all of this happened? The fact that they both and, and now he's got her. Yeah. Is he? Would he willingly let her go? I'm not sure. And she's clearly, well, no, well, she's clearly repentant. She's not, you know, going to be murdering somebody. She's not going to do it again. You don't know if she's murdered again since. She you? was a kid. It was in a in a moment of passion. I don't think there's any. Um, yeah, no, no chance of a lashing out or anything again. So, and, and you can't turn back the clock. So I think I might be on Stu's side here. I, I no, might I kind agree. of, I might hold on to it so that later when we're having an argument, I could I'll bring it out and say, so I went, yeah. I went to prison for twenty seven years for you, like. Yeah, but yeah. um, I, I think hold it yeah, that would be, and he's and, and uh, he's got a lovely granddaughter that he would be willingly say, no, I don't want to ever see you again. So fair play to him, actually. I do kind of agree that, like, that's probably the best uh, way of going about it. But I also think that um, the fact that uh, Bridget and Lucy also treated him like a murderer for all those years was really disgusting, actually. They could have, like, pretended to be on his side and supported him and gone, we believe you, we know you didn't do it, Dad. You know what I mean? They but didn't they treat him like they, a murderer for years. They had nothing to do with him. Yeah, for well, years. exactly, because they they were they were trying to preserve themselves. They they could have gotten away with it, by and still supported him and written to him, because it would be totally normal for them. Mm. You know, there are plenty of families who support somebody who's clearly committed a murder. I think I th- I just hold on to the fact that I think that 
Lucy had Bridget around her little finger and Lucy was terrified of her mum and the mum was saying... Bridget was terrified it, Bridget of Bridget was... Bridget, so yes, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. can't do it. It's fine. And, and, and Bridget was being told and had been fed from a very early age, if you tell anybody about this, you and me will both be sent down to prison and we don't want that, do we? I also think there's a very strong possibility that Brid- Bridget remembers things completely wrong. Yeah, I think so. And, Especially and if Lucy did it, she would have remember- fed her the story. It's child abuse. Oh. And it has... Um, oh, it's childhood. It, yeah, I'm raising the games here. It's raising the stakes. She's made her think something that possibly didn't happen and has basically ruined Bridget's life for the past 30 years just to, to save her own skin. I'm going to I'm going to go on a limb here and I'm going to say that that I don't I don't think that Bridget really did all that much and uh she for, she's forgotten a lot of the things that actually did happen because mm. her mum's given her all these false memories. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And that's not you you mean? That's, that's what I said. That's what I'm saying. So I, I just hope that it comes out soon. That's all because you can tell that we're a little bit bored by it. But there's enough that's I'm keeping us interested. It. Don't let it drop off. I mean, I've got a, this story's been going for long enough that we're gonna gonna reach the end of the um, the filming block soon, aren't we? And then it's probably going to be put in a box for another month or so. And I don't really need that. Let's get let's get some conclusion, and then we can say okay. Wasn't the best story, but at least it didn't keep... It wasn't still going at Christmas. But maybe it will be. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. The other thing that would liven this story up a bit more is somebody who knew Charlie, apart from just a man with cockroaches. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) Okay, right. Maria. There's something about Maria. Um, And on Monday, we get to see um, the Platts tidying up their house because Orla Crawshaw is coming back over later. She's back, Gemma, Orla. Still don't know what's happened to Mr Griffin. He can't be busying himself with all this kind of stuff. So he set the deputy once again to try and have this meeting about what we're going to do with Max then. David is fed up with Maria spending all of her time with refugees, which is her new thing. And Max says, well, look, at least she's doing something worthwhile. And actually, I'm mates with a refugee. He's called... Darian. Max has got a friend. Lovely. So uh, we get to see this Darian refugee in the in the cafe later and he seems like a um you know, fairly innocent, nice chap, doesn't he? Like he's just had um just been kicked in the ghoulies by circumstance over the years and, and now he's here in Weatherfield and he wants to have a nice life with his good pal Max. Did he say where he was from? I don't think he did. I think they were it's fairly probably, vague. Uh, Abroad. Oh my god. Could be country. anywhere. I, when my country, when I was in my country, <laughs> and maybe he's just come from like Walford or something like that. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, or, or maybe maybe he's a refugee from this this storm there over in Emmerdale. Maybe. Um, anyway, <laughs> he's doing a project on displacement. Is Max handy? And um, then Daniel comes in and overhears. Max. I think it's a bit rude. Why? He's just using him for, for his knowledge. Yeah, he is. He's been very resourceful. Are they both in this pre thing together? No, 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 no. So he's, Darian's so not in the crew. Ma- he's just local like, refugee. Can I also just say, right? I'm, Darian's looking da- for a Darian, school place. Darian seems very nice and quite easygoing he's and, bit, and friendly. He's a bit like Samir. Right. Like, he's going to die. just generally good. He's going to die. Um, I'm sure, though, whatever, whatever, for whatever reason he's a refugee, it's probably quite traumatic and sad and recent. And then Max is going, can I do a project on your trauma, please? <laughs> Yeah, good point. It's like, I'm going to do a bar graph. <laughs> anyway, Daniel comes into the cafe and he overhears Max talking to him about Weatherfield High because um, Max is kind of hoping that he's going to be able to get back in there. 
And um, he's quite surprised to hear this because he's like, oh, I don't think I'm going to let you in somehow because I was a teacher for a good six months, so I'm an expert on the education system. Max starts interviewing uh, this Darian about how long he's been in the UK, how long he's going to stay there and everything. And basically, like, the upshot is Daniel Darian doesn't know. he got to have an interview with the Home Office and that could be years away. So he's just kind of hanging around until then. It felt like it felt like one of those Coronation Street public service no, services, didn't it? I don't like, know what you mean. And then Maria's like, "Yeah, it's true. You can take up <laughs> that, to two years to process mm-hmm. these uh, interviews with the Home she's, Office." She's, yeah, clear, yeah. she's just given up with the environment, hasn't she? Like, she's like, "Who cares about, about the world anymore? I'm all about the people now." And also, but who knows whether he's going to be in charge of the Home Office in two years? Yeah, who knows? Nobody. Crawshaw comes round number eight later and has a bit of an awkward sit with David while they wait for Shona to come round. And um, and she 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 popped back around eventually and says, "Oh yeah, Max, tell you what, Max can't wait to return to Weatherfield High." And um, then uh, it's like, "Oh, it's a little bit awkward." Um, David is Orla says, says oh, no. "No, no, he can't come round. Actually, he can't come. Once we've kicked him out, it, it's an irreversible change." So um, yeah, sorry. Oh, and also it's it's the fact that the place has been filled, sorry, isn't it? It's yeah. not just that he's a. Why would we want him back? It's yeah, we haven't got any places, but you'd still, I guess, put him on the waiting list. Schools have like really long it, waiting lists. Yeah, they do, but they also have children coming and leaving all the time. So you know, put him on there. We like our allotment. We get him back in two years' time. Anyway, um. So David says, like, please, come on. And she says, no, sorry, no. No, nowhere for him to go. Max comes home later. Shona has to break the news to him that he can't go back to where the high yet. Max is really proper confused. disappointed because of all the naughty boys at the Prue. They literally decided, like, a week ago that he was going to go back to Weatherfield High and they're confused that somebody said, no, that's not possible. Why did they decide that it was possible without consulting anybody at all? They just got it in their heads. I guess they just... didn't like it there. I, I, I would understand if if... Some parents weren't completely au fait with the intricacies of the in and no, out but you school can't, system. Yeah, but you know you can't just decide something and then be mad at everybody else for not doing it. But David's like, he's still got his name on a peg in the corridor. Come on. Yeah. Max is, yeah, he's like, oh, that's a bit of a shame. All my mates are there. All the bullies are at the Prue. What am I going to do? And David and Shona are like, we will not stop fighting for you. We will yeah. get you back to Weatherfield We high. need you to literally fight for me then, don't I? <laughs> so later on, Darian's at the cafe still with Maria about talking about being anxious, about writing to the home office and everything. Then David and Max come into the cafe and Darian says, hey, good news, Max. I've been taken into Weatherfield High. Now I'll be there with you. And Max is like, what the hell? So you're the reason that I can't right. go back to that school. My, my... Best new buddy Darian, you're now my mortal enemy. You've taken my place. You've stolen my job. And now I hate you and I'm Come possibly going to turn into a racist. Stealing I don't know. Stealing our jobs. Yeah. They took our school places. And doing that our projects really, for us. That was a half-hearted no, South Park South accent. Park, yeah. yeah, it turned into a bit Bristol. Back at home, David tells Max that Maria... Um, maybe she can do something to help because she's... She's an, she's an MP. That's what counsellors do, isn't it? <laughs> counsellors help children get into schools. Vicars give out soup. Then we all know everything about how, what people who don't, don't work in liquor factories do. Max says she's not going to be able to do anything. She's, she's just rubbish. a virtue signature. Signaler. <laughs> a virtue signaler and a jumped up hairdresser. She's a bit though. Got her number. Wednesday, Gary finds Maria reading through some nasty comments about her in the Gazette article about her refugee work. So this kind of problem that was going on back in the summer times clearly still not cleared up. 
everyone's being nasty to her because she's a lady politician. Don't look on Twitter. I'd say, why can't they just channel their energies into being our world about Liz Trust like everyone else is? If they've Making really got a problem with female well, no, politicians, honestly, there's, there's, there's a bigger people. target over at number 10, I tell you. Did you see that Twitter feed of um, who's going to last longer at Liz Trust or a lettuce? Lettuce. Yeah, there's a picture of Liz Truss and there's a there's a wet lettuce and they're gonna see which one makes it <laughs> no, but longer. The, the best thing on Twitter this week, sorry Liz Truss fans, was her going to meet the king and him going on with what did he say? Oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear. I loved it, so I don't think he meant thing. I don't think he was aware of what that sounded like. Really? But, well, Chip off also, the old block, again, old dad can I just say that. another thing again? I know that she is not a, a royalist and I I don't necessarily agree that you should have to curtsy. I think women should have a choice of if you want to bow your head in respect or curtsy. And I also want to say that you're not bowing to the person, you're bowing to the, the step, like the, the office that they hold. Mm. But, you know, that's the convention. And she's decided to, to curtsy, but she's decided she's not going to learn how to do it. <laughs> Both times I've seen her, she looks like a rag doll that's had her strings cut. Oh, come on. Let's leave the PM alone out of this. I'm just really, like, I really honestly think that without a, a long skirt, curtsying looks incredibly inelegant. And I don't like the way it looks. <laughs> but she, she surely can decide whether or not she wants to curtsy or not. And she she's, can. she's choosing to do it. And she just looks like. I just want somebody to help her. I just want somebody to help her. You can help her. She's like, of all the things that you can get wrong. Come on. Actually, not... I'd rather I'd rather she got that wrong and everything else. Right? Yeah, okay, everything else. She can't. No, no politics. No politics. I don't think there's anybody so who's going to be Gary's offended telling... by us talking about Liz Truss. Liz Truss might be one of our. She might be a top tier Patreon subscriber. If we go, well, if we Michael, go down ten dollars. I'm going to tell you month. that. We don't, can't rely on that her for a source of income. She's going to be employed for long. Um, anyway, Gary says, look, don't read the comments. Just ignore them. And she's like, oh, I, I want to read the article. And oh, I can't help it. This is clearly getting to her, even well, though she says her. it isn't. It's horrible. I do really feel for Maria. I feel really this. bad for anybody that has to, a public, I mean, you Unless, know. apart from this. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we hypocritical here? <laughs> Worse than that, Sally Webster. More about that later. So, um, she's still looking at these comments in the cafe later. And David sees there's one saying that she should get back to her day job at the Trim Up North. He's like, thank you very much. You've now bringing the trolls to our door. Name check. So, David finds Max working from home later because he's taken it upon himself to stay home from school and, and work at home. As is as we do now, post-pandemic. You can do what you like. And um, he says, look, Max, I, I, this was a... I can't remember what the reason they came up with for us, but the long and short of it is he wants to borrow Max's laptop because his doesn't work or something like that. He but wants Max to troll like, Maria. No, I am doing my homework on it, actually, about refugees or whatever. And David's like, no, come on, let I'm me have your laptop. I'm doing my oh, homework about why refugees... You don't want to do homework, do you? Shouldn't you be allowed to steal school places. And Max is like... No, thank you very much. He takes his laptop upstairs. Later on in the cafe, David tells Shona that he is somewhat suspicious of Max. Why is he clinging on to his laptop so much? Surely he can't really want to do homework that much, can he? He's probably just looking at porn. This, yeah, exactly. What else? Why could a teenager not Why want me this... to look at what they've been looking at Why online? He must boy... be trolling Maria. <laughs> Why is this teenage boy so insistent on going upstairs to his bedroom with his laptop <laughs> that he won't let me see? He's, he's too busy telling all the people on the chat rooms how hench he 
is. That's oh, yeah, it, isn't it? Bench, yeah. Anyway, Shona's like, oh, I don't know, David. He might be barking up the wrong tree here. But David is convinced, though, and he's got to confront Max. So he goes home, snatches the laptop off his kid, says, you're the troll, you did it. And Max is like, no, no, it didn't. It wasn't me. And David says, yes, you've been reading the article. That was the same virtue signalling. That's what you said before. Clearly you. What is it? Sad boy 55. Yeah. Um, I don't know I why Max mis- would choose that. I don't know. Why would anyone choose that for it's themselves? I, don't know. I think, you know, my dad sometimes... Had, oh, no, sorry. My mum used to have 55 on some of our usernames because that was her date of birth. So I think that we're probably going looking for but someone slightly older she than never, Max here. I bet she never called herself sad boy. She did not. But my mum is she, not sad boy 55. But I bet she could if she would have trolled some people on Facebook. <laughs> um, anyway, David says, look, um, you, you need to go and tell Maria... Because Max says, no, it wasn't me. I swear, I swear. And I David says, if you, comments. if you saying it's not you, you go and swear that to Maria. Look her in the eyes and tell her. And Max is like, no, you should just believe me. I'm your son, man. You don't believe me. I'm, I'm out of here. He, he storms out. Toodaloo. Yeah. David's incensed because he's convinced that Max is the guilty one here. And Shona says, look, don't do anything rash. Just sit down, talk calmly to Max and see what you can get out of him. So Max goes home later and um, this is when we find this the police was weird. there. So this is the police car that Stu thought was there yeah. to, to take him in and put him in handcuffs. But no, it was there for Max. David has dobbed Max in. What He's called the Rosses on him. And they're seizing all of his electronic devices, taking him down to cop shop. And they're going to look around um, for all those passwords and whatever and find out whether or not he is sad boy 55. Shona goes with him as his appropriate adult. And David tells Maria... Well, you know what? Just in case you haven't Anyone picked this up. You? Reckon Max is the troll. I hate no. it how they say troll. It was the they same with the troll. Kathy story. Troll. This is just Kathy that's troll. doing this, isn't it? She's just trying to get back into Coronation Trolling. Street. She can't do it. Um, yeah, it's troll. Troll. Not troll. Trolling. Not I troll. think this is so bizarre center. that David did it. And also, I just want to point out, this probably sounds a bit outlandish if you don't live in the UK, but you can actually be arrested and questioned and have your electronic devices seized if you write something mean about somebody on the internet. Well, I think that's probably the same in lots of places, isn't it? No. Isn't it? Oh, okay. Anyway, um, we only got a little bit of this story on Friday. We get we don't get to see any of Max's interview scenes, but Shona recounts how upset Max was in the interview room last night. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Max comes downstairs. He's like, I don't want to go to school today either. Um, David says to Shona, right, the police... You, yeah, so what? He didn't confess in the interview, but they still need to check his laptop and stuff. Basically, I still so think he's it. stitching up Max? He's like, I was a wrong one when I was his age. Surely also, he must be too. Do you not think this is a bit like, this feels like a bit of a personality transport? Because I can imagine David being a sort of bloke. He'd be like, so what if he wrote nasty messages on the internet? It's not a crime, is it? Oh, it is a crime. Well, it's a stupid crime. I don't know. David has got a, a lot more sensible in recent years. It's not sensible to get arrested for being rude on Twitter to somebody. He needs to grow a pair. He just he wants to... Maria to suck it up. He wants to make sure that Max is kept on the straight and narrow. He says... So what? So he's getting time... arrested? Well, yeah. He wants to scare him straight, I don't. I don't agree. I just think he's being... I think he's overreacting. I think that David doesn't feel like the sort of character to me who would be behind the police arresting children for writing rude messages. I don't know. Also, what did I, 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 do, I, just, I think if he thinks me? that it's going to make a difference and not make him go down the same path he did. Can you remind me what the messages said? You're a, you're a nasty lady politician and you are a virtuous signaller 
And is that really a criminal offence? You cut hair badly. I don't know what I he said. I don't think we know what they actually what he said. I can't remember. Said. Far too vile to be shown at eight o'clock on a Wednesday night. You're, a, you're a fat cow. Yeah. <gasps> She's the, you're the Weatherfield bike, Maria. Everybody <gasps> knows it. Anyway. Um, you look stupid in your lion costume. Lunchtime. We had a nice little <laughs> scene with Gail and Max where she says, well, I think you're innocent, actually. But she's adult, so don't trust anything that and she Gail says. she's going to make him mac... Macaroni cheese. It's not macaroni cheese. It's macaroni and cheese. I, I think macaroni cheese. I is hate an that. No, I hate variant. it. No, it's mac and cheese. Don't say <laughs> macaroni cheese to me. Um, David comes in <laughs> um, into the house. He gets a phone call from the police. They're round their way to speak to all of them, and he's like, "Yeah, bang them up." But it turns out that they've checked Max's stuff and. Whatever else they may have found on his computer that's probably perfectly normal for a teenage boy, there are no <laughs> sign of any messages to Maria. <laughs> I'm surprised they come around and say, right, we can't arrest him for Maria's stuff, but my God, there's a load of other things. <laughs> yeah, we've got a list. Very illegal that are on there. Yeah. He's been downloading films for a start. It must be like, Max must be... You know, uh, what? I kind of imagine that he has got a bit of stuff there that he wouldn't want anybody knowing about. Yeah. But I suppose if the police, they're not, you know... They're, they're, they're not looking they're, for that. No, they're not looking for that. And if they find it, they're, they're, there's no reason to say. Don't so Max is probably... Well, they've got a warrant to check his stuff. No, but does the warrant me be like... <laughs> you're, allowed, you're not allowed to look up... You're not allowed to write www.p... Or X. <laughs> no, I know. What I was it? Dirty Widows? Oh, yeah. What was all the ones that Sally oh, that, found? Yeah, I know. I don't remember. Um, no, I, I think that they would have just looked in his internet browser history and seen everything that he saw. But, oh. but So Max is probably bricking it. But at the end of the day, they're probably like, I've seen a lot worse on other people's computers and we're not looking for that. That's a, yeah, yeah. So I think unless he's looked at anything illegal... Which clearly he hasn't. He's cleared off those pictures of Summer's upskirting that he was looking yeah, at earlier and this all year. The stuffy, the GHB that he. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good. The police point. are like, no, it says all, here that this you is an old a... storyline. Oh no, we can't arrest you for that. <laughs> yeah, there's a statute of limitations there. Now this Sorry. kind of reminds me as well of. I'm pretty sure that it's, that he is not Sad Boy Fifty Five. Well, it's another else. case of somebody being accused of something, isn't um, it? But I will point out that there was a case. Was it Casey Anthony? He was accused of killing her. I her don't child. know. Um, and they looked on her internet history to like prove whether or not she did it, but they didn't look on Firefox. They only looked on Internet Explorer, and there was a load oh, of really incriminating stuff on Firefox, like how to murder a child and get away with it. Not exactly that, obviously, but. Um, I think she would have... Oh, I just wonder if the police are a bit more on it now these days. I'd be able to get away with these things because I still use Edge. And if the police sees my laptop, they'll be like, surely nobody still uses Edge no, to go on the internet, do they? We've looked on Chrome. It looks like he never actually ever goes on the internet. Looked on... <laughs> I don't even Firefox isn't that big anyway. Everybody just seems to use Chrome these days, but I don't. I don't, use don't. Chrome. I think that Edge is lovely. I'm still... I'm old-fashioned. Safari. Well, on your phone you do. You don't use it on your PC. I you use loads of different browsers on my PC because you come along and you use mine and you waste all my much. all my tabs. No, I haven't been on your so PC. So I have to for use a, a different time. I have to use a different browser to you. <laughs> so if, if Max isn't Sad Boy fifty five, then the question is, who is then? Yeah, but and can really I just say, it's a bit like the Stew storyline where it's really like, there's probably only a few people it could be. And it's, it's also, probably some of those nasty boys from school, isn't yeah, it? Trying to fit him up. It's like it's it's probably not a main character, and if it's not I don't care, and if it is a main character you know, I kind of, I'm kind of feeling like going on and trolling Maria, Maria myself now. If I was Max, I'd go and troll David. 
Yeah, I'd be like, oh, that that weird hairdresser. I would assume from uh, from Chumlof looks like he's got a waxy face to me. Mm. Max Max honestly does just seem too nice now. I mean, they when they brought him in as Paddy a, a year or so ago, he it was to give him a bit of an edge. But I think really deep down, he is a good kid, and that he he always was a good kid when he was little. Um, and yeah, I, I think that it, it probably wasn't him, but this is, I suppose, just going to drive a wedge between father and son. And what will they do? They just need to I'm go on a family bonding holiday. I'm going to say something controversial. Go on. David's then. gone right off the boil, and it's Max's fault. What? Yeah, I really like Max now, but I don't care about David as a dad. I find it very boring. Yeah, he's not like Dev Dad. Becoming be, being a dad of a teenager has been the making of Dev, hasn't yeah. it? But with David, yeah. it's just not made his thank, character that interesting. Thank you for for making it seem like I'm not just against parents. No, no, I'm not at all. I just think we always used to say David was one of the most interesting characters on Coronation Street, and I've argued in the past when I was drunk that I think David Platt is one of the most fascinating <laughs> characters. Yes, he he's just going but through now a he's down. Boring as hell, and it really is just all revolves around him being an accessory to. Max's story instead of being his own having his own story. I wouldn't say he's boring as hell. At the end of the day, he's still David. He's still played by Jack P. Shepard, who's clearly one of the best actors they got on the show. So there's a there's a, a level that you're not going to get lower than if you're him. And and David will still you you, you can always rely on him for a for a funny snarky yeah, comment sorry. or something like that. But yeah, yeah I mean compared no. to how David was up until about two years ago, yeah, if you there's really watching, no comparison. If you started watching Coronation Street two years ago, you would not get the hype. No. No. But why does everyone think David's such a great character? I don't get it. I think it's... And it gets, the stories it's, it's haven't warning. revolved around David. This is a cautionary tale to Coronation Street in general that you can't just coast on characters' previous success. And we've seen it time and time again. Same things happen to Carla. Mm. Yeah. You can't yeah. just rely on a character's reputation and previous storylines to, to sort of keep them in everyone's good graces. Mm. I think... I mean, I'm kind of thinking Ooh. now that... Very fickle. Maybe we need to wait for Max to grow up a little bit more and move out, and then it'll be back to being David and Shona. That's what we need. David we need a David Shona and Shona br- story. Brilliant. They're fab. And Shona, like I've said before, has never really had a big storyline of her own, and that's what they need. I, I'm not she particularly. Did. I'm not really worried about the character of the David going off the boil because it'll just take one good story, and then it'll be right back up again. Yeah. I, I'm not concerned in the slightest. Um, so it, it's just, yeah, it's just he's going through a bit of a slow patch at the moment. I don't think he's going to be a nominee on the Top Lad Award this year. Um, but he will be again. And I, and I, yeah, I think he's, I still think he's one of Corey's, um, most valuable assets is Jack P. Shepherd. Yeah. So, I suppose what I'm most worried about is where I've seen Jack in interviews say, well, yeah, I'll stay in Coronation Street as long as I get the good stories. As long as he thinks that he's getting good stories, that's fine. But somebody's got to he's keep not him much in at the moment. Hermes belts. <laughs> right. So, what do we? Who do we think the troll is? Yeah, it's just some of the some of the nasty teenagers. Not a nasty boy. I imagine. Yeah, or, but what, how do they know Maria? I suppose they do know Maria because they were standing there when he was being bullied, and he ran up to Maria and went, "Help me, please." Did they take? Did they take his phone and look at his phone or something when they when they accosted him last week? Maybe. I can't remember. I should have known because we watched that film being seen filmed just, enough, to, seen being filmed enough times. It does seem also very a bit, a bit kind of obscure and Machiavellian for a teenage boy to to try to frame him for nasty messages. Do you not think yeah. it seems a bit odd? Like 
what like these boys last week were like pushing him over and stealing his crisps and that, now this week they've got they've got this really grand plot to frame him for mischievous and how would electronic that, communication what have they actually done to try and make it look like it was max yeah, like if they were trying to david. frame him yeah it's david at who, one point i thought it was david to be honest because he was <laughs> like i want to see your laptop what why what so, I, so you can write read messages to yeah. maria because David was actually quite mad at Maria mm. for, for going off. But I don't think he would be evil enough to... to, to no. <laughs> ...accuse Max of doing no. it and get the police yeah, on him. Right. I think whoever it is that's doing it, if they were trying to make Max look guilty, they'd probably make it more obvious that it was Max. Yeah. It's but weird. I don't know what's happening here. No. And I'm not that intrigued. I'm not mega intrigued by it, but <laughs> the, the cast is still decent. And like you yeah. said, um, Max has definitely grown on me an awful lot. So and I'm, I'm sure that other people are getting more out of some of these storylines than we and are. And I'm kind of interested in um, in that Darian as well. He seems like a nice guy. Darian, again, he felt like there were a few people on Coronation Street who just feel like they don't know they're in a soap and it's just a real person who stumbled in. And he really did seem like he thought he was actually just being asked a question in a cafe <laughs> by a nice person who's interested <laughs> in him, him being a... A refugee. Yeah. Right, next story. Sorry, Gemma, I, I, you've got the summer storyline. But you do have the first scene of the whole week on Coronation Street, which was pretty special to us, wasn't it? It was, yes. Monday, Todd sees Paul coming out of the cafe and Paul says, what happened last week with Aaron punching him? Um, he basically just recounts for the benefit of some... the viewers, this is what happened last week. And also for the benefit of anybody who might be watching mm-hmm. the scene being filmed, because it was... This was a scene that we saw being filmed this week. And this is how we met... Um, Gareth Pierce, Gareth Welsh Pierce, Todd. He came over and said hello to us, he was very nice. Yeah, well this was this was on the Friday when um, we went in and, and we were supposed to go in to see some of the um, the editing bits with Matt, weren't we? Yeah, and I was supposed but... to, I meant to look at the credits to see everybody's names, because we would have known who some of those people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but um, he, he, he couldn't take us up there, so he, um, he delivered us to the street. And we walked past Sally Dinover and um and Lorna didn't we and I yeah. don't know whether and we didn't get to see any of that film being seen being filmed so I don't know whether it's been on or not but anyway they, like she did us. give us a little wave she's really nice and then we we went round the um to the corner where the cafe was and and Gareth and and Peter Ash were in the middle of filming this scene and um I mean it was a fairly nondescript scene wasn't it but I remember watching it thinking Guys, that Summer and Aaron storyline still going on in October. You're rude. Like, yeah, it's still a long way to go with that one. Yeah, it looks like. But I, I there aren't. We, we only saw the tail end of it, didn't we? They filmed it, and that was it. But I suppose the the takeaway from it was that Gareth came over and had a nice chat with us afterwards. And for he's a so bit. dapper. He was very nice. Yes. He's very, so nice. He was so really, very really nice. Spoken uh, and charming. All the all the actors who came over to talk to us, even though they didn't know who we were, I just mm. think they're so nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, that that was also when we saw who was the uh, the Scottish. Lady? That's exactly what I was trying to work I out. I don't remember what her Dale. name was. Dale, that's right. But she she was working alongside Reese Dinsdale, she was wasn't she? Bloody fascinating. This was, this this was, was directed by Reese Dinsdale, so we get yeah. got to saw him, see him directing a scene, which actually was also fascinating because we actually got to see two different directors and their different styles. Yeah. And I don't think that we mentioned this before, but um, it was interesting to me to see different people and how they approached it differently. And you can definitely tell Reese Dinsdale was coming at it from his previous acting experience mm. because Matt Hilton spent a lot of time 
setting up um, camera shots and working out what we were going to see through the screen and how, how best to tell the story in a visual way. Whereas Reese Dinsdale was more, right, you stand here, you do this, you look like that. You, you know, he, he was, was really, really getting down on the was, level of the actors, wasn't he? was he? trying to direct their performance, whereas Matt Hilton seemed to just let them decide how they were going to... Because, you know, um, we saw Mikey and uh, Samia and they who play Maria and Gary, and they were like, they were talking about how they were going to move and react and things. And he was, he obviously had input, but felt like Reese Dinsdale was very much more hands-on with the performances. Mm. I just thought that was an interesting... It was, because we also saw um, a, a Paddy Beaver, Jack P. Shepard, Julia Goulding scene, which I thought was supposed to be on tonight's episode. But it wasn't, no. and I think, and now I'm thinking, has that scene been cut? Have we, have we I seen? I do wonder if the scene's been. Have cut. we seen a Coronation Street scene that is never to be aired, and is it canon? Um, but I, don't, I, I guess Ooh. it's probably it might just be on on Monday or, or Wednesday's episode next. We'll week. We'll talk but, about um, it if it ever. We'll talk about it once. If we it's get... not aired by the end of next yeah. week, we'll tell you what happened in yeah. it. Unless yeah. somebody gets gets in touch with us and says, no, don't reveal but it. But it was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, again, that scene as well, which we won't talk about. But yeah. being able to I, see... I think it'll be on next week. Being able to see a scene filmed on the street... Yeah, was, nice. ...was inter- was fun. Yeah, so anyway. That, that was why we thought that Monday's first scene was the best scene of the week. Yes, because we were there. We were there. Um, right, Aaron stayed over at Billy's and he's getting phone calls from his dad, but he's just ignoring them. And Billy and Todd are like, right, I'll go and talk to them if you like. Paul comes up later... And um, he's annoyed that Summer doesn't have her insulin pump. And, oh, she was going to get fitted and then she didn't. And then he blames yes. Aaron and says, oh, this is all your fault. Paul's full of anger towards And Aaron then they scare the up to each other and Summer has to break it up. And Paul says, um, "Tell as soon as Aaron steps out of line, you call me, I'll come and sort him out for you. Yeah, people I've seen online um, saying, is this really in character for Paul? Because yes. he, he had um, issues with with Kel, didn't he? His 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 kind of uh, stepdad. Step, stepdad, and you'd have thought that maybe that might le- lead him to have sympathy with Aaron, who's being beaten up by by his dad. But no, I don't think so. I don't think that it was. It's not at all the same situation. I just think as it's in character that Paul's always kind of aggressive and, and angry. And I think yeah. the other thing to remember here is that they're making this trifecta of of dads, and so each of them has to have. Kind of like they're in a superhero team, and a distinctly different style of parenting. So Todd's, um, Billy's style is like to wring his hands and kind of like pray hope for the best and pray. Yeah. Um, Todd, Todd's like the level-headed kind of like practical advice person. Kids will be kids. And then Paul's like, I'll beat the crap out of anybody. You just point me in the direction, and I'll just have their throats. Yeah. So I quite like that. I thought I think it's good, and also. I don't necessarily think, you know, they're all paragons of virtue, but it is interesting to see all these different types of ways of being a dad and how sometimes they're more useful and sometimes they're not. Like sometimes, because it's soap, Summer probably will need Paul to beat somebody up for her, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, she can't do it herself, pipsqueak. She is. She's so tiny. Although she does have Aaron the giant. She, yeah. I know. There was a scene. I can't remember what scene it was. Where she was just standing in the middle of these giant men. I was thinking, <laughs> gosh, she's so petite. That's how she gets cast as somebody that's five, six years younger than her. Yeah. Um, so Todd and Billy come back after a fruitless trip um, to try to talk to this dad and say, look, Aaron, you need to stay away from him because he needs to calm down. But later, Aaron's dad's still trying to call him. So Aaron... Turns his phone off and then the police come 
because there's been a house fire and his dad's been taken to the hospital. Oh, no. So they go to the hospital. His dad's fine, but he, ca- he can't see him. And Aaron's fretting that maybe they're lying. Well, it's it's a, it's... In, in, in a soap, when they want to have some kind of dramatic cliffhanger, there's been a massive fire after the break. He's okay. Or there's been a car crash. Uh, nobody's injured. Like, they got just throw in these things that should be huge, but it's just like, no, it's nothing. Yeah, but remember that man who got run over when his biscuits got broken, then he died. I know. And then Emma ran away to Australia. <laughs> so anyway, it turns out that I think Aaron's dad got drunk and left his chip pan on. Yeah, he did. Don't make chips when you're drunk. That's why they've got Deliveroo and Just Eat, okay? <laughs> so, um... Oh, we had some nice things in our chip pan today, didn't we? We had some fried... Oh, no, that wasn't in the chip pan. I didn't pan. make it in the chip pan. But we had some fried green tomatoes, which is lovely. It was some, like... What was it? It, had... it was, like, battered. Was it? Yeah. Yes, what do you... But Gemma did make some very nice chips in our chip pan on Monday. I did. Without setting fire to the I house I didn't set fire anything. to anything. No. But we should, we should get... Were you drunk when you made it? Yes, I'm always <laughs> drunk. Um, we d- we should have a fire extinguisher, really. Yeah. But yes, um, I don't think that Aaron's dad was making fried green tomatoes in his chip pan. No. <laughs> um, he needed oxygen in the ambulance, but he's going to be fine, and Aaron wants to go and sit with him. So Todd and Paul show up and find Summer looking worried in the waiting room with Billy, and then Paul Paul's like kung fuing the vending machine. That was so weird. Out. What was that all about? There's a packet of stuck crisps, wasn't there? A packet so of Dempsey's. We need to do the scene. We're going to cut in Canada. That was bizarre. That was yeah. We're running ten seconds short in this episode. Kung let's fu get, the crisps out. Let's get him to yeah. Peculiar choice. Aaron tells his dad that he was worried he wasn't going to wake up, and he says, "I wish I hadn't." Which I think's rude. Later on, Aaron goes to the waiting room. I wish I hadn't woken up, then I wouldn't have to spend any more time with my boring son. Yeah, sorry, Aaron, you're dull. That's why I'm drunk all the time. It's boring. (laughs) I drink to forget that I begat you. (laughs) Later on, Aaron goes, this is, no, we don't agree with child abuse. No. No. Later on, Aaron goes back to the waiting room and Paul's, like, still mad at him and, like, (laughs) threatening to beat him up. Aaron tells Summer that his dad wishes he was dead and then at home, Aaron's feeling very guilty about the fact that his dad was probably trying to phone him for help when he was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on fire, Paul. Can you phone me? Can you phone the fire brigade, please? I, I don't remember what to the do. number. Um, so he said, "I should." You know, basically, he blames himself. He wants a normal life. He feels he feels responsible for his dad, um, and he feels like he can't leave him alone. So he decides to go home to look after his dad properly, and he breaks up with Summer to protect her from his. Um, messed up family life so on Wednesday um, Summer and Billy find Aaron coming out of the medical centre because he was asking for help about his dad Dr Gaddis has fobbed him off with a leaflet doesn't sound like her at all he's trying to slander <laughs> Dr Gaddis here Summer says they fobbed us off with a description of what Gaddis said rather yeah. than showing Dr Gaddis yeah maybe Dr Gaddis like really hates Aaron <laughs> maybe she thinks he was boring as well she wouldn't listen have a leaflet go away it's a teen pregnancy or something. He goes. Um, so Summer says, I want to help, but Aaron doesn't want to want her to. Then Ardy checks that Summer's okay and he's been down because R. Kelly's left and they wallow together. They go for tea cakes at the cafe. It's very wholesome. Summer goes home and there are people there doing a charity clothes swap thing. And then, oh God. I Summer didn't know what was going I was like, I was flatlining. And never mind about Aaron's dad. <laughs> By this point in the story, I was like, who are these people in the What's flat? I don't on? bloody is, know. Is this to do with Haley's coat? Um, What's going on with Haley's coat? Literally, has Roy given up on that coat? 
Right, so Summer Evelyn's says, gone away somewhere. So I'll help we... you do this. Billy says, great, that'll help you get over her. And then she probably starts crying again. She doesn't. Um, and then he says, she's going to wait for him to realise and get back together with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happened this week, didn't it? Sorry. Um, didn't didn't grab me. I think Aaron, I think uh, the guy who plays Aaron's really good. I think that he's very, he's, he's really captured the brooding teen aesthetic. Yeah. And, you know, um, feel bad for him. Angsty, for his sad, dad and dad, yeah, it's really like, it feels very much like the sort of thing I would have read in a book about teen, you know, teen book when I was that age and going oh he's Aaron so dreamy it's just, it's just so and miserable troubled. isn't it it's just so miserable yeah but troubled man Michael oh they're so so uh, erotic mm. I but, enjoyed um, um, I enjoyed yeah. Ardy being back in it because I love Ardy and you know when when, uh, when he showed up I was like oh is, that, is Ardy going to get back with Summer again because they had a bit of a, a bit of a thing the other year maybe that could be good I don't really know is that going to be Ardy versus Aaron and is it weird that Summer's two boyfriends' names both start with AA? Yeah, that's very unusual. Yeah, the battle of the A's. This is going to be. And I can't wait for her to. Um, He's going to come first in, in the phone book with one of um, Spider's eco warrior friends. Why? Hardbark. <laughs> yeah, but he has got one, hasn't he? Uh, sorry, fans of the Summer Story. Um, it's not for uh, us, I don't think. It, I, I think it's... Well, you tell me. Are, are you a teen? No. No, you tell me if you're listening. If you're a teen, oh. what do you think? Do you like this? Do you, you, is this what you want? Is it Aaron's fun? Aaron's so dreamy. Do you think he's dreamy? Do you like summer? Do, do, do you like the angst? I think angsty teens are great. I just don't... Not anymore for me. They just they just don't have enough and oomph I'm to just them. just really honestly cannot, cannot unsee Aaron as... The, the vampire from Twilight. Mm. So I'm just waiting for him to start glowing in the dark or whatever he does. Well, we'll have to wait until next week for that one because it's time to move on to the next story. Tim and Aggie, platonic or shaggy. <laughs> so as as Gemma said earlier, there I, I think I mixed up a few notes earlier. They were just sniffing around each other a little bit earlier well, they on in the week. they weren't sniffing around, excuse me. They were, they were, they they were, were chatting They were chatting, friends. yes, they were very platonically chatting. And she was telling him about... Had Didi and, yeah. and missing whatever the boy's name is going to do football. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Aggie overhears Sally showing Yasmin her necklace and Wednesday's episode, just to remind us of that. And and she's like, oh, no, yes, to remind everybody, I helped I helped find that necklace. It was the, enga- uh, the yeah, engagement, the, the, the anniversary necklace yeah. that um, she helped him find for Sally. Yeah. Sally talks to Tim later, says I booked a table at the bistro later in the week. Tim and Aggie have a chat later and Aggie says, um, by the way, if anyone, if, if Ed or anybody asks you about this necklace that you got me last week, remember that um, I've said it's mine for ages. So can you keep up with my story? And Tim's like, yeah, fair enough. So um, at the end of the episode, you see Tim and Sally watching some old period drama thing together, which is kind of funny because clearly Tim had no idea what was going on and it reminded me a little bit about when me and you watch TV and you and you know full well that I've got no, idea. no clue what's happening. You're like a, you're just like a, a, a dog but watching like television. Tim, like a dog, no idea. I enjoy just sharing time with you and sitting next to you. And that's what Tim says. He says, oh, I just enjoyed sitting there with you. Maybe. No, but I wish you wouldn't lick your bum while we're <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, so they have a little hug on that, and um, and Sally's like, "Oh, this is so nice and cosy." Tell you what, we don't even never have to have sex again because it's just nice as it is. And Tim's like, "What?" Friday. Really funny when she said. It's Friday. Yeah. 
lots of sexy talk. So, um... No. Well, Tammy's ta- like, I never want to have sex again. I feel like I want to be a Well, unit. yeah, at the beginning she is, and Tim seems like, oh, I'm not really happy with this. It doesn't this. sound like a good um, ambition actually. for me. So, um, but then... It was not long before they're making the beast with two backs again because he walks in to find her doing a classic Corrie exercise DVD. And it seems like this is an increasingly frequent scene in Coronation Street, isn't it? Somebody's making a fool of themselves doing an exercise well, DVD I mean, it didn't in front have of the, the TV. Same effect we had Gary, Gary doing it. it. We had, who else have we had? Don't know. Maria's been doing her headstand yogas recently. Oh, that's true. It, it really is a thing. Do you think... And it's just to make the actors look look like pillocks. Stop at Coronation Street. I think that there is a commitment Coronation Street has made towards helping the health of their employees. You reckon? Because they had to get rid of all the, all the um, naughty snacks in the green room, didn't they? Oh, yeah. And maybe they're like, they've got to make everybody do exercise once. Do a once silly exercise a scene, at least. Yeah, once it's feeling like it. Anyway, she's kind of embarrassed about this, but he's like, oh, I'm going to join in with you because it's like disco size isn't it which um which which one of the ex Corey dvds no Corey tracy shaw was the salsa i think it was um angela griffin had a disco one possibly <laughs> please, i don't know please anyway. read our please read our blog on, on coronation street blogs coronation street dot blogspot what is it updates updates.blogspot.com yeah maybe yeah we did we did reviews we did a of series all of the reviews DVDs of Corey exercise DVDs. DVDs it was kind of funny so um anyway they they do this this exercise can I just say DVD this didn't happen together. to us at any point no after they'd finished they collapsed onto the sofa and after copious amounts of sexy innuendo they end up heading upstairs for a bonk they come back down later and uh, it was wonderful, Sally said. Oh, it was like a marathon. So after this marathon she shagging session. She won't shut up session, all day about it. She won't. Mm, she's, she's like, yeah, she's like, she's a teenager Smug. that's just done it for the first time and wants everybody to know. Yeah. And Tim says, well, you know, it was nice, wasn't it? I just, you know, maybe just having time with you is what turned that, me on. That. I love you. And Sally says, I love you too. And then they have a nice hug. So that was um, kind of sweet. She should have put on that Lonely Island Song. Just had sex song, yeah. Mm. So um, she was basically this is what she was like, wasn't she? she? Just bra- it wasn't. She's just bragging about it to also to Ed and Aggie. And if I was them, I'd be like, look, I'm familiar. Too much information, thank but you. But I would also Sally say Metcalf. I'm familiar with the with what you're talking about because I've done it myself. But I don't go around talking about it. Why, I suppose if are it was you the assuming first... that you've invented this or something? You know, we've all got children, right? <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, it's like I know it's been a long time since. You so she did it. Did it properly, Sal, but we don't all need to know about it. So yeah, she goes well, she they go to the bistro. She was. And this um, is what this is what Sally and Tim used to be like. They were always bloody going on about. I don't know whether they were going on about it. Well, they, they always they, just used to do it. They used to all, they used to talk to each other about it quite a lot, yeah. didn't they? Because uh, Sally's like, Oh, big... I, I was talking to Tim earlier in bed. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like I'm it right, did feel Sal. a bit like it did feel a bit like I don't know. I'm I'm starting to not believe you because of <laughs> yeah. how much you're insisting. She doth protest too much. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so we 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 find Aggie and Ed in the bistro because everybody goes there every night. So why not? And um, because they because they're marathon bonkathon took them for a bit longer than they intended. Um, it turns out that they've missed their table because they're so fully booked at the Rovers, at the Bistro, sorry, according to Debbie. By the way, pause. Debbie 
only had a few lines tonight, but she was bloody Loved, brilliant and all of them. them. What was the bit where she's like, sorry for breathing at one point? I don't know, but it was She's just great. so psyche. I love her. I think she's fab. Anyway, Ed's like, oh, you can come and join us on our table if you like. And Tim and Aggie are like, oh no, they might know that we're friends. Um, so <laughs> um, Tim ends up sending a text message to... Um, well, he thinks he's sending it to Sally, but it actually goes... No, he thinks he's sending it to Aggie, but it actually goes to Sally. And Sally sees the message and is like, well, who was this supposed to be to? And Aggie's like, oh... Yeah. Tim's like, oh, yeah, sorry, was, that was meant to be for Aggie. And the message says, finally did the deed with Sally. Couldn't have got through the last three months without you. Kiss. And Sally's like raging about this. Why are you sending texts about our sex life to her? Why are you talking about your sex life to her? I know. This is where Sally was like utter hypocrite, wasn't it? She's been bragging about, you know, being the queen of shagging all evening. And now you're having a go at Tim for mentioning it to a friend. I know he was maybe a little bit more, less subtle about her. But anyway, yeah, it was really funny because she had no leg to stand on here because she, like, she seemed to be annoyed that he was bringing up that they had sex, but she'd she'd gone on about it for so much. Yeah, but of that, well, she that's, just that's in character for Sally to not realise that she's, she's being hypocritical. Yeah. Anyway, um, and so well, they, she also this gets is... mad because he doesn't put kisses on the end of his text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I... Sally's like, "What's going on? You having an affair?" And Ed's like, "Yeah, what what's going on here? You what?" What's up? And Tim's like, well, no, we're just friends, honestly. Nothing physical. Um, we've just been mates. We've just, you know, I don't know how it's happened, but we've, we've ended up being mates, mates over the last few mates. months. Yeah, secret friends. Don't you have any and secret Sally... friends of the opposite sex that you Sally hide from your stro- wife? Sally drops off and she has a kind of funny little expression on her face. It almost looked a bit triumphant, but also a little bit Yeah, mad. but sometimes sometimes it is funny to get in an argument and then storm off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Aggie is left alone with Ed in the bistro because Tim kind of scurries after her. And she, again, swears nothing physical happened between... Me and Tim. I'd never cheat on you, Ed. We just became mates. And Ed says, Oh, I don't know. This is weird. And she says, Yeah, it is a bit, really. Also, while I'm in confession mode, um, this necklace came from him too. And Ed says, Oh, sorry I wasn't enough for you. And she says, No, no, Shut up. Shut up. Yeah, you, uh, nothing like that. We're just friends. That's it, honestly. And good on Ed. He actually calms down and he says... He to her. He does. He says, oh, all right then. I trust you. I love you. We've been married for donkey's years. Um, and, and and there was a nice little bit where they Debbie comes over and to take the order, doesn't he? Or, doesn't she? And he's, and he's like, oh, I reckon you're going to have the, the salmon steak. She says, oh, you know me so well. Um, I, I thought this was that, great. that was nice. And this that was is a nice great demonstration of, of why Ed and Aggie are the longest running, even though most of their marriage has been off screen. Yeah. Married couple on the street. Yeah, I, I'm now... I'm I touch wood and everything, but I'm at a stage where I think I don't think that Aggie and Tim are going to have an affair now. This is because very this weird. Is, even though Ed's been a bit funny with um, Aggie over the DD stuff, maybe recently, I, I don't want them to to split up. No, they 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 clearly are made for each other. I also thought and, uh, Ed really need to hold his hand up here a little bit too that his. Um, he didn't notice that 
this necklace that she mm. says she's had for years is new. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm not going to blame him too much for that because you don't know half of what I've got or where mm. it came from. And I can't, <laughs> I can't remember what they say, but they say something along the lines of, oh, I hope Sally's being just as reasonable as you are back at home. Cuts to Sally at number four. Grabbing his and, phone off him. Yeah, yeah, she's trying to get an explanation out of And it with his stupid face. Yeah, that, that was funny. She's like, what's your pin code? Oh, never mind. Then holds it to his face and it goes ding and it's like phones don't go ding when yeah, you're Yeah, they do on a soap. But anyway, um, she's looking... She's going through the messages. <laughs> sorry, that's out of order. Do you, re- do you think? Well, yes, a little bit. I think I'd do this. I think I would. I think you might do it as yeah. well. But if I dare, you, if I was you, mad at you and I went through your text messages, you'd have, you'd have my guts it, for yeah. garters, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's... there's, there's <laughs> I just, I don't, can I just point out, I don't think I'm right. I'm just saying this is... You probably would. Yeah, um, and, yeah, honest, at least I'm honest. There's a string of text messages there, back and forth between well, he Tim says, and Aggie. He's encouraging Lots her. of exes for kisses. He's encouraging her and saying, go on, look, go on, there's nothing, I've got nothing to hide. Mm. Mm. And uh, she eventually finds one. Well, there's nothing sexy there. She eventually finds one about this anniversary present, the necklace being Aggie's choice. And she is absolutely livid. And I thought this was a brilliant performance by Sally Diviner, actually, where she launches herself at Tim and just is this tirade of anger. And I, I thought that she was really, really, really good. And she says, look, you may not have cheated on me physically, but emotionally... And I've written physically again on my notes. <laughs> and I can't remember what the other adverb she used was. Em- emotion- Mentally, probably. Mentally. You did. And that's just as bad. And I was kind of left thinking, yeah, actually, maybe maybe you did. It's because, the lying. Yeah. It's, no- it's sneaking about about it. it it's, um, and Sally's done a fair share of sneaking over the years. But I, I don't know, think but... that he's done as much lying as Aggie has. I think Aggie's the one who's lied. <laughs> has she? I think well, she lied about her necklace. No, she it. lied about the necklace because she knew it was weird. Yeah, but I'm and sure Tim th- said the odd thing here and there about where he's been when. He's yeah, been but I didn't Aggie. say that. I said that I think that she's lied more. Mm. I think. Um, well, she was also mad that he was spending time with her and the, saying that they had the wine lunch club or whatever. Yeah. And saying that they were obviously trying to protect, trying to hide their relationship because they were going to the park and not the pub. Mm. Um, How, I don't agree with her reacting in this way, but I can see why she probably did. Yeah, I can see why she did. I think it's very much in her character. I thought it was a great scene, so I didn't particularly mind. Um, hopefully she will calm down. I'm sure she will, because I don't honestly think that the Coronation Street writers up. are going to break up Sally and Tim. I think I that would that. be foolhardy. It's more to do with the fact that she felt disconnected from him for so long and then realised that, that she he's been having this very meaningful relationship with another woman. Yeah. And also talking about their sex lives, which she she got told not to do. Hmm. Didn't, wasn't that the case? She was talking about it. And yeah, I think she, like, yeah, she, she talked to Gail about it, didn't she? And so she, she Many moons ago. didn't then from then on, but now he's been talking about it behind her back. Yeah, but even he's been a bit hesitant about talking about it hasn't well he? i know i know and um also in code well it. the fact that she the fact that he texted her after they shagged was a bit weird yeah um that is a little bit that is a little but bit i also TMI. think there's yeah but there's definitely plausible deniability here because aggie was initially only interested in it from a medical perspective of like <laughs> you know is there something physically wrong with you that i can help because i'm a nurse yeah yeah you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah Like, yeah. She, she kind of put put it upon herself to help him mm. in, a, in a sort of professional capacity. Mm. Do you think that either Tim or Aggie are coming away from this 
you know, tarnished or... No. You know, do we look down on them? No, not really. They just became really. friends. It was quite nice. They shared I some lovely Sally's scenes together. I think Sally's just jealous. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And like, it's... Especially after all this time where she's felt that the things haven't been right between her and yeah. Tim. And maybe she's and starting this to wonder woman. why. Is it Aggie's fault? Yeah, it's, it's perfectly natural for her to react in this way. Is she the root of all of this? But I'm sure they'll be fine. Um, yeah, I just think that... Um, I think it's totally, totally normal. I think Sally's, this is what Sally's like. And I think that uh, it's really interesting. I think it's going to prompt some people to discuss, you know, well, it's prompting, you know, people to discuss, oh, can you be friends with somebody? Yeah. Um, And it was nice that they could. Well, the thing is, at the moment, we're not sure what Sally's going to do. Yeah, no, yeah. She's just going to sulk and make him sleep on the sofa for a week. And then probably Sally and... And Aggie will have a haranguing match in the in the street, yeah, and then maybe. they'll get over it. But yeah, and then you know, Tim and I'd Sally be quite hurt if I again. if I knew that you had a friend that you were confiding in, and you didn't yeah. tell me about it because I know you've got friends that you talk to about things that you can't talk to me about, like stuff to do with work because I don't understand it, and that's fine. I don't mind that at all. But if I found out you'd been going somewhere to talk to somebody about something that was bothering you, yeah, and you I suppose telling so. Me, I suppose as a viewer... I'd be really upset. As a viewer, I can say, it's only Aggie, it's fine. But you're right, if I was to put myself in in, in Sally's shoes here, I probably would be a little bit miffed. Like, what the hell are you doing? But I wouldn't shout to you like me? Sally shouted at Tim because I wouldn't be brave enough. Yeah, you're too scared. Because yeah. I'd shout back. Yeah, twice as hard. Yeah. Right, Gemma, speaking of friends, or more than friends, Ken and Wendy. Yeah. Over to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh god on Wendy on, on Wendy on <laughs> Monday Monday um, what are you going to say nothing um, Wendy has got Ken tickets an insufferable talk about fairy tale and sex fairy tale and sexism um, which you are an expert on I did some of my dissertation on, on this and I did a, quite a lot of my degree on this and got books about this it kind of annoyed me that this was being treated like it was some revelation it's like this is a long time <laughs> Ken is People wise been talking about this it. this is not news anyway um, Mary comes in and she's like oh I want to do this, my talk, do my scenes so they go back to number yeah, one she's, she's the new she's the leading new, lady isn't yeah. she yeah so go back to number one and Mary's annoyed because and Tracy's annoyed sorry Tracy's annoyed because uh, she's supposed to be at work, and Tracy and Mary and neither of them are at the at the shop. And Mary says, "Actually, I put in a I put in um, a request to to do this, so you you need to go and open the shop." And then Tracy gets annoyed at her and gets her revenge by telling Mary that she loves Hamilton and that she should ad lib some rapping to go into the play. And Ken's like, "How dare you?" <laughs> I thought this was very silly. Ken Ken gets a text from Wendy saying, "Oh, looking forward to talking about how there's problematic troops and the, the idea of princesses being rescued from castles by princes." And he's like, "Oh, I never thought about it that way." Um, so Mary's boring Ken censors. I I thought this was a brave idea, and I think that um, oh, who plays Mary? Patty Clare. Patty Clare did a really good job of, and she always throws herself in completely uh, confidently to whatever stupid thing that they get married to do. Mm. It fell a bit flat for me. Um, cause, and it really did feel like she was ad-libbing. I don't know if she was, but she was like making stuff up as she went along and it was very convincing. It felt very It was, real, but I just thought it was, but it was wasn't that so funny. silly. So um, Ken's getting really bored at this point and he gets another text from, from um, Wendy and he says, I've got to go. 
Daniel wants a babysitter, but Mary sees the text and knows that she he is lying. So then Brian, Mary and Tracy are in the pub later, and Mary's annoyed that um, Ken is clearly into Wendy. Oh yeah, they call her WC, don't they? Tracy, I think Tracy makes that... Um... I like that. I mean, there's already been a joke made on Curry many moons ago about Tracy's um, initials being a, a deadly disease, isn't there? I think was it Eileen that said even her initials are a killer disease? TB. Oh, I was trying to imagine. I was trying to remember what her TM as she is now. That, that means something was. else. Tracy. Um, Lynette. Yeah, Lynette. I know because I looked at it. In, it was in the quiz book. Oh, nice. Tracy can tell that Brian knows something, and uh, she storms off to try and make him tell her. Uh, Daniel and Daisy turn up the bistro and sit next to Ken and Daisy's thrilled when um, she's Ken thrilled when she sees Ken and Wendy yeah. that they're together and Daniel Daniel's like oh okay I'll support you oh hang on a minute no they at this point Wendy and Ken are, are at the reading yeah I yeah. didn't know that that was the Sorry. case they're at it the is. reading and they're listening to the lady yeah the author who yeah, is I don't know the real life oh yeah the partner of um, yeah. Jane Hazelgrove yeah um, she was great I thought she was she really felt like um, again like a real person who'd come in to do a, a talk about the about ageing in Snow White and how it's not really the Wicked Witch's fault that she <laughs> had an apple I don't the, understand any of this stuff I'm just a man that just because she got an apple that's full of juicy poison doesn't mean it's your fault if someone eats it. <laughs> In fact, it's sexist to say that it's her um, her remit to have to provide food for people. Yeah. Why didn't why she get her own food? So no wise, Gemma. Lazy. You, should, you should do a talk at the bistro. <laughs> Can you imagine or maybe me? the community centre or maybe speed dial but nowhere else because nowhere, nowhere else. else exists. No, I won't do anything anywhere else. Is, there, is, there, is it common for bistros up and down the country to just um, close their doors to customers. I thought this was so odd. that events can take place. I thought this was very a very weird thing. I felt like what? Sorry, is Chariot Square Hotel f- full up or something? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was weird that they closed the bistro, and it didn't really feel to me. I, I was thinking to myself, who booked this? Who who were the suspects? We've got Leanne, mm. we've got Debbie, and we've got Nick. Yeah. Right. Which of those three went, I know what we'll have, feminist fairy tale, <laughs> a, a reading of, of the, the hidden truths behind Sleeping You're Beauty. Right. I don't think either of those three really look like they'd be the sort to want to welcome that. Leanne, Leanne would just be far too practical to, to entertain such nonsense. Nick would squint at you. I think Debbie Debbie's think more likely. Of... She, well, I think she, Debbie might book it just so she could sit at the back and laugh at how preposterous it is. It's not preposterous. It's all... It's all... It's just, you know, it's not new. Well, it's just a bit arty-farty, isn't it? A bit too... Um, it is a bit too high-brow and... for Weatherfield, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, she sold out all, most of the seats, though, didn't she, this author? Say, sorry, um, author, don't you know that nobody in Weatherfield ever goes to university? It's mm-hmm. a thing. So, um, yeah, so this is where Daisy and Daniel come to listen, because obviously Daisy and Daniel love sexist fairy tales as well <laughs> and uh daisy's like hooray i'm so glad that you guys are shagging and uh they're not shagging yet the author finishes reading and then there's question time and then ken's like oh, i've got a question <laughs> i've got a pretentious question i'm ken Fallow. you <laughs> um, might have heard of me this isn't a question so much as an observation that i had about <laughs> the lion king i'm not sure if you're familiar <laughs> <laughs> but then tracy walks in and this is because she's been told what what they were up to, and she calls Ken a geriatric gigolo and a dirty dog, 
and makes a big show of herself and then gets made to leave. And I couldn't believe there was no line anywhere here where the author made any kind of comparison to anything that they'd been talking about or talked about harmful tropes or, mm. you know what I mean? She just sat there and went, oh dear. Um, Tracy left and then Ken and Wendy go to the bistro and Ken's, Ken's like, do you know what? I think Tracy's bit, bit still a bit mad about this. And Wendy says, well, I'd understand it if you want to walk away from me. And he's like, I can't let go of love. You and I are like the Camilla and Charles of Coronation Street and, and Deirdre <laughs> was Diana. Diana. <laughs> it's true. She died tragically young. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I think I quite like Because I also think, I've also been watching it thinking, Wendy does look a bit like Camilla, doesn't she? She is a little bit. The queen consort, <laughs> Camilla. So, um, <laughs> Tracy tracks Ken and Wendy down to the pub and has to go again again. <laughs> So who's Tracy then? Is Tracy William or Harry? I think he, I think she's Harry. Uh, Tracy's the paparazzi. And Ken says, "I do miss Diana. I mean Deirdre, <laughs> uh, but I, I, but you know what? I need someone to keep my bed warm." <laughs> and Kimber and Charles watching this, going, "That's us, look, yeah." Ken's like, "There's a cost of living crisis, and if I get Ken uh, Wendy, then I don't have to pay the the electric for my electric blanket." So. Also, she's going to keep her house but live in my house and that way we get the 66 quid added onto her account for the benefits yeah. thing. And oh, we then, got an email from Scottish Power the other day. And then did you show it to me? Did I? Oh, okay. Everybody gets 66 pounds. Or how, is it 66 pounds? Like that, yeah. Anyway, that <sighs> was Monday. Wednesday, Ken finds Jacob, remember him? Cleaning with his headphones on and accuses him of tampering with the that radio. That was weird. Scene. It literally was just a yeah. case of he's still in it, everybody. And here also, he is for a scene. Why is a, why is a young boy? I, can I just say I don't want to disparage youth, and I'm, I already have done by calling Aaron boring and and too tall. But would <laughs> Jacob would Jacob know? And maybe I'm being a bit rude here. Would he know what a hi-fi was? Yeah. But would you look at that as as a as a like twenty year old kid? Would you look at it and go, "This is this is for me. I'm going to plug my headphones into that." Well, I don't know. Why Vinyls are all that come back in fashion Why now. The youth haven't they? So maybe hi fi's. Has he not got a phone? Yeah. Well. What's he listening to Ken's hi fi for? Maybe the Wi Fi's down and there's no three <laughs> G signal. The cat's getting distressed because I keep shouting. Um, he scarpers. And that's the last we that see of him. That was weird. And then Tracy says, look, hello, Dad, sorry about yesterday. I will cook for you and Wendy tonight to show my apologinas. Then she makes them stuffed marrow. And Ken's like, I can't believe this. <laughs> what an insult. That was really clever. I love this. And then Wendy's like, I don't even care. I actually quite like marrow. And she gives a big old dollop on <laughs> of it on the plate. And then she eats it all and says, uh, no, I understand what you're feeling, Tracy. I'm... I was I was a right old cow to your mum, but I'm gonna carry on seeing Ken if you like it or not. And now I'm going to the pub because this was bloody awful. <laughs> so Tracy finds her in the pub and says, "Look, okay, you must really like my dad. If you were gonna eat that much maro for him, it was horrible. Should we have something else to eat? Because it was gross." That was a really nice little. Um, I really thought that was sweet. Mini what a great story way. on Wednesday. A nice way to tie things up. What a great way to show Tracy's acceptance yeah. of. Ken I didn't think the pacing Wendy. of Tracy finding out about it worked at all because she's been weirdly absent for. A few weeks now whilst the Ken and Wendy storyline has still been going on and I did think on Monday for her to return to the story find out about Ken and Wendy 
have a go at them in the in the bistro. I thought that that all happened a bit fast. And when she when she came into the bistro having a go at them, I, I was like, you're just kind of making an idiot out of yourself, Tracy. Really, it wasn't even the script. It just wasn't top tier Tracy material. But Wednesday. Whoever's idea it was to get her to cook the stuffed marrow, did you see that she did? That that was great, and and just Wendy's reaction, like that's given me an awful. Not that I hated Wendy before as much as you know, as a a, a true Cory fan, I should. It should be baked into me to hate Wade Wendy Crozier. But I was like, that's proper made me respect her now that she like looks Tracy in the eyes almost and when wolves down this disgusting mm, watery no mush that's been served in front of her yeah good for her she she's fighting for ken and and i'm not and, and i think that even tracy who was dead against her would be impressed by that and and her saying well you must love my dad that much if you'd have so much married for him yeah i think that was that was the, just the right tone I also like the way that Wendy didn't know what the marrow meant and Ken explained it to her, which was also a way of explaining it to people that were watching that probably who didn't remember or know about mm. Deirdre's stuffed marrow. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was, it was, that, that was, that was a callback done right, wasn't it? Yeah, great. Um, so yeah, nice, nice stuff. So Kendi and Wen, now an item. Kendi and Wen. Ken, Ken and Wendy, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were Ken making a Wendy, joke. Ken and Wendy, now an item. Um, How long is she gonna stay in the I show? I don't know. I I'm do, quite I happy do not for them know. to stay together. I thought it was guy. I like these um, Twilight Year romances because yeah. I felt the same way about Arthur and Evelyn. I, I love the idea of finding love after sort of denying yourself or I don't being rem- lonely. I don't remember enough about the Ken and Wendy story originally. Obviously, I didn't watch it first time, but I've probably watched it in classic a long time ago. I don't remember, like, how evil Wendy was or whether she no, was just, remember. you know, the innocent other woman that was... Um, what was <laughs> the really story? It was... just, like, Charles, Ken, Camilla and Diana. Is it that she was leaking secrets <laughs> or that she know. thought Ken was leaking secrets? Or, or Ken... I don't remember I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> but when she said I was a real cow to your mum, I said, were well, you? I don't know. But anyway, it's all gone. She's changed. Well, she and she knew... just is a nice woman now, isn't she? Well, the, you know, at the end of the day, they're all adults and they, they've they all decided to let bygones be bygones. And if they really if they really care for each other, I don't see how anybody can get too mad about it. Yeah. The thing is, I don't think she's going to stay forever. And I think she's, she's either going to break Ken's heart or he's going to break hers. And well, I'm kind of a bit sad anything. already. Maybe she'll, maybe she'll just die. Mm, maybe. So, um, the Harvey storyline then. So this was just in tonight's episode, obviously a bit of a setup for next week. Um, and Sam wants um, to go on the, to school on the bus when Nick offers to take him in because Sam likes his independence. Um, Nick goes through the post and he has a bit of a, a squint when he sees some particular envelopes there. Oh, and, no. Uh, it's, a, it's a letter from the prison. In fact, a whole bunch of letters. Harvey Flaming Gaskell... Um, villain extraordinaire from Horonation Street nine, not 12 months ago well no it was exactly 12 months ago wants to him Nick and Leanne and is it Sam as well to go into the prison to see him and yes. Nick goes to the wrist bistro and shows Leanne this and she's like no way do I want to see him again he's a murderer he's, is he a murderer? I don't know probably he shot definitely a drug dealer oh yeah he shot he shot Natasha didn't he? yeah um, 
And so they agree, right, let's just tear up the letters. We're not going to go. Let's forget about it. This would make me so anxious. Well, you and Leanne both, because that's basically Leanne yeah, for the I rest of the episode. Paranoid. Yeah but, I, yeah, but I wouldn't have camera effects for it. <laughs> well, you're not quite as paranoid as I'm Leanne. I'm not as then, important as Leanne. So, yeah, she just starts freaking out as the episode goes on and says, well, what, what's he after? What if he's got goons on I the outside? Or, or maybe even heavies who are going to come and rough me up. I'd and have Nick's to go like, and no, find don't out. worry about it. Don't, you don't worry. Stop Nick's, worrying, woman. Nick's like, yeah, it's okay, fine. sorry, Nick. Yeah, you, you probably don't mind. You probably don't worry. But you're like six foot five or what, however tall you are. I'm little Leanne. Yeah. I'm a tiny woman. I'm a tiny girl. I Poor can't Leanne. be having people coming after me. <laughs> Last time they came, they molested me and they they made me fun of me in, in my own house and made me make them cereal or something. Yeah. I so, don't want that to happen to me again. No, I know. So um, Sam goes around the bistro later and Nick says, I've arranged some time off school with you because blah, blah, blah. And Sam's like, not? I wasn't learning anything um, there anyway. And then, this is, and then we have the scene with Leanne going outside the bistro later and she has these utterly, very, utterly very unnecessary edits. It's like she sees people that look ever so slightly like they could maybe be Harvey if you kind of turn your head and squint a I little bit. I thought she was just like... Just seeing someone with a hoodie on was bringing it all back. Must be Harvey. I, I don't know. But it was, yeah, the, the, the camera just goes wibbly wobbly. And, and it's like, yeah, it's, first of all, it's a man with a hood up. Who reminded me of the evil Kermit meme. Mm. And then it was a man with a van who was obviously delivering probably Argos things to people. Mm. And she's like, oh, the evil ah, Argos man. Ah, um, anyway, so this and is then when Debbie comes out. Like, what are you doing, you pillock, basically? <laughs> yeah, and she's like, um, I'm having a flashback because of poignant drug I'm just about scenes. to have a, a major story. Sorry, Debbie, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she goes back to the flat later and she's looking out the window, looking a bit anxious, isn't she? Do you know what would probably help? Well, what would help is if a red van drove past and then she said, thank goodness that Ollie is looking down on me to protect me. out of the sky? Yeah, yeah. No, what if her lovely sister, Toya, who is a counsellor, came and went, let's talk through your feelings. Toya's not in it at the moment. She's I understand that this is bringing too busy back slacking off. some bad memories for you, but let's just work through it step by step and unpack all of this negativity so that we can move on with our lives and you can also make me dinner because I'm really hungry and I mm. want some vegetable lasagna. Yeah. Um, yes. Is that? Have you, are you fed up with the... Are you done with that? Oh, yes, I am done with that. I am done with that. Double trouble? Shall I do that? Yes. On Friday... Yeah, keep going, keep going. Bernie, I'm just reading text messages. On Friday, Bernie tells Gemma that she's joining a high-end cleaning company. And Gemma thinks that this is funny because she can never be a professional cleaner and she's only ever cleaned for people that she already knows. And then Fern rings Bernie up and says, Um, I need you to do... What? No, I need... Don't do anything. No, but, I want you no, to Fern come. rings up Bernie because she's got other secret jobs for her to her. do. Twin she jobs. Need another and job Bernie's tomorrow. like, no. No, she's no no, 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 no. You're just misreading my bad notes. Bernie says to Fern, no, don't need to do any secret twinning with you tomorrow because I've got a job at a professional cleaning oh, company. Bernie I don't says need that. you to, yeah. to bank Bernie's like, I don't need, I don't need your help. But then Fern comes round and says, look, don't go to that interview. I looked, I thought that rang a bell. My old cleaner used to work for that company and she never got paid. They're a bunch of cowboys. And Bernie's like, oh, good, God's sake. <laughs> I'm very glad you told me. So I won't bother with that then. And then Fern don't says, it. Fern says, um, why don't I help you look up some other places? I'll get you a takeaway. Um, here's some money. And then she gets her get to it. go and get it. 
And then alone in the house, she swipes a bank statement and a t-shirt and runs off. And then Gemma catches Bernie on the way back from the shop and goes back home with her. And she's convinced that Vern is not real. I don't know why she really thinks that Bernie's making up a friend that doesn't exist. I know. Is she just teasing her? No, I think what? she really... Th- they have said that before, haven't they? That was then that was it. Um, I don't think anybody else has seeing Fern have that? I don't know, I don't remember. But it would be a no. bit bizarre to um to, to claim that, like, if I thought my mum hallucinated a whole new person, I'd take her to the hospital. Mm. Anyway, um, what's Fern up to? It seems like she's going to try and pretend to be Bernie, isn't she now? She, well, she's, she, she's got a bank a statement. She's going to try and, yeah, exactly. She's going to try and steal her identity, her identity for, and a t-shirt. for something. Because the person behind the, the counter would be like, well, I don't know, you've got a bank statement and you look a bit like her, but you don't you don't dress like her, so. Mm, I want to see Fern put on Bernie's accent because we've seen it the other way around at the uh, driving course last week. Um, when when Fern came in today to see Bernie, I was like, they do really look really similar. It's really funny how similar they look. I know, but in my head, I'm also thinking, but they don't look identical. But then I'm thinking, oh, of course they don't. They're not even related. And their idea isn't they're supposed to be identical. They're just supposed to be similar. And I think they're similar enough for this storyline to make sense. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, that was that for this week's Coronation Street. Just before we move on, <laughs> it's about this text message that's come through. I, I don't want to maybe talk about it too much for the time being, but we've had just a text message in from somebody in the know that maybe the scene that we saw with Max and David and Shona has actually been cut and it was actually supposed to be in today's episode. So maybe we have seen a secret unaired scene that nobody will ever know about. But I don't want to talk about it yet, but we'll definitely talk about it on the podcast if it hasn't been on next week. Yeah? Yeah, okay. That's our agreement. If we're allowed to. That's quite exciting. And it also makes me wonder, how often does that happen? That they film scenes that we just know never that they, get used? Yeah, but we also know they film... Sometimes they film lots of stuff and it gets cut. Because we've had people before go, oh, this scene was longer. And I yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... So we, we, we've, we've talked to people who've told us that scenes have been trimmed, but for whole, a whole scene to be cut, hmm, and we've seen it. All right, hmm. Michael's... But maybe it's not. It might be on next it's week. I don't know. Conspiracy theories I, I do believe my source that has texted me. Um, right, Gemma. Yes? This week's Coronation Street. Still enjoyed chatting about it with you. Of course. Just didn't enjoy watching it so much. With you. With, I, I, lo- <laughs> I what I just liked, like Tim and Sally, I just like being there watching with you, Gemma. Oh, that's not sweet of you. I'm going to give this week's Coronation Streets two programs where they go <gasps> around each other's B and Bs and moan about the dusting out of. Five. I love this. I love the way that that this is a, this is a TV show that does actually exist. If you if you're not in the UK, you might be surprised that this sounds completely random, but it's not. It's called Four in a Bed, mm. and they do just that. And I love the way that. The way that Gail was like, oh, you love it when they, you love it when they moan at each other or something. Oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, 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 we all do, don't we? We're all horrible people in this country. Talking about TV shows where they go on about cleaning, that reminded me of that How Clean Is Your House? Yeah. Do you remember Kim the, and Aggie. Kim and Aggie. Well, Tim and Aggie. <gasps> they could be a great, that would be great, actually. <laughs> it, it, I, the storyline titles would just be Tim and Aggie, but I don't think it's... Uh, it's not, people don't get it. No. People get it. I, I can totally picture that. Aggie would come around being like, well, it's not my job to clean your house. And then Tim would be like, well, what's the problem with it? It's yeah, it looks fine with me. <laughs> to step they, over all the stains on the floor it, and the crumpled newspapers. The next 25 minutes, we'd just be there staring awkwardly at each other and the person in the house going, you going to do anything? Do I have to do it? <laughs> what are you giving it? I'm giving it... I, I know Wednesdays was a lot better, but on I, the whole, I, I just left Wednesdays. this week's going, nah. I'm going to give this two and a half 
saucisson en croûte. <laughs> Posh sausage rolls. Yeah, that was I a love thing. That. Sally was talking about how that was funny, wasn't it? Okay. Um, character of La Semaine. Um, ooh, it's a hard one. I'm kind of... That's what? That's what Tim said. <laughs> um, I'm kind of going towards maybe Yasmin, but... I it was really very refreshing was to just, see her back She was just refreshing. Form. I don't think that on the whole that she she added mega amount to the week. I'm kind of I'm kind of going maybe for Aggie. Just because she is kind of nice and she was a bit naughty sneaking around and everything, but she's just she just comes across as a very chill sort of lovely, warm, caring, kind, friendly person. Yeah. And and that's what she was to Tim this week. And I really like the the refreshingly sensible way that that Ed and Aggie resolved this yeah. this issue very quickly. Yeah. And also can I really do sympathize with that with Aggie lying about this necklace even though it was this really really dumb thing to do because she like she kind of panicked and she didn't really know mm. what to say and she also thought it was weird that I think she thought it was weird that Tim bought her a necklace. Yeah. And I think she's just wearing it cuz she likes it. Yeah. I don't think she's wearing it because it was every Tim, day Tim got it for me. You know no, I mean? no, I don't think it's any of that. Who was your character of the week? <sighs> it's really difficult. Yay, yay, yay. You got Stu, you got Yasmin, you got Bridget, you got Lucy, you got Eliza, you got Maria, you got Max, you got David, you got Shona, you got <sighs> Aaron, you got Summer, you got Billy, you got Paul, you got Tim, Aggie, you got Ed, you got. Um, oh, maybe maybe Wendy. When, Wendy, Wendy for eating crow slash. Marrow. Crozier eats crow. <laughs> <laughs> she I, was good this week, Wendy. There were lots the of sensible people this week and lots of silly people. Yeah, yeah. Not going to be Bridget. And a few boring ones as well. She's a murderer. Okay, okay. So, we go even if she for didn't, Wendy? Even if, I'm just going to say again, even if Bridget didn't actually kill Charlie, Charlie like she thought she did, she still thought she, she still could very well have done from what she said. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. You don't go clonking people on the head don't, with, with don't just hit people on sculptures the head. from school. And if it was a school sculpture, I know she was a bit older than that. I'm just thinking about the, the clay sculptures that primary school children make. And well, what if it, a bit what? too much clay on them. A bit, they'd, they'd be able to probably knock yourself. I'm not sure how old. I'm not sure how old she is, and whether she's a similar age as well. I'm going to assume that she is. That I was probably GCSE coursework that she just ruined there. That was that's a murder weapon. It's it's somewhere in her house. You know when your parents save all your stuff from school. Mm. Somewhere in the house is there like a murder weapon in the house? <laughs> yeah, I wonder. With like. Just painted up. Yeah. And maybe super glued on a few bits that's that yeah. came off during the attack. Do you think do you think like next the when the, the following week the her um art teacher was like, Well, Bridget, um, you've got a C for this because it's broken in half. If I was and Lucy And there's clumps of hair and brain in it. <laughs> if I was Lucy, <laughs> I'd keep it in the house just as a reminder for Bridget. As a like, warning. Yeah. No, just a reminder saying, you killed, you killed Charlie. We're yeah. putting this on your mantelpiece so you never go to the police about it. Yeah, if you or if you do, I'll, walk, I'll whack you with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, are we done? I want to see this ashtray. That, that's it. It's not an ashtray. I know, They said not. what it was. I should have written it I don't down. care what it I was. Didn't. It was an ashtray now. That is it for this week's Street Talk. Now it's time to move on to the cabin. It's time for the news, and there is some big news. It's NTA week, everybody. Last night, for us anyway, two nights ago, I guess for you, it was the National Television Awards. We didn't watch it because we never watched those kind of things unless... We watched the Soap Awards and that's about it. But um, we have heard that Coronation Street took home an award, didn't they? They, they I, returned with a gong. I don't want to criticise 
the NTAs because it's beautiful. Paddy Beaver. Yes. Spoiler alert. Won. He did. He won the Rising Star Award. Good on him. But can I just say, it was nowhere near as good as our awards because it doesn't have arguing in the middle of it and people deciding who's going to win right on the spot. No, but it did have a bit of booing for uh, Philip Schofield, I heard. Excuse me. Can everybody please vindicate me for my lifelong hatred of Philip Schofield? Everybody's (laughs) finally caught up with me at last. Yeah. yeah. I said all along. Didn't I say all along? But he did win an award. You need to trust me. Him and Holly got the This Morning Award. What was it? The Best Q Jumpers Award? Best morning show I don't know <laughs> best morning anyway get it best morning yes it, it was yes I get it morning for the queen oh no I didn't get it yeah I didn't think you did <laughs> best morning anyway 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 load of Coronation Street people went over there Paddy Beaver went home with the Rising Star Award which is amazing considering he's he lo- was he's, lovely. he's a lovely lovely guy he was one of the people that we met outside well we, we talked earlier about seeing him doing some filming but we um yeah we met him um, outside the, the set he was very lovely to talk to um, and, and everybody who we talk to everybody about him speaks very highly speaks of incredibly him. highly of they think he's an absolute lovely guy absolute yeah, lovely he's guy he's a lovely Just guy like, say that's that. what I say that about me as well lovely but guy. I'm, I'm not going to get an award for it um, and, and he was and uh, yeah so uh, yeah, he, he was going up against like people from Netflix dramas and everything like that so that's this wasn't just good. a soap category soap is obviously very popular but you know when you're yeah, going up against the big shows. No, that is very, very good. Good on him. And we'll see, um, hopefully, he will his star will continue to rise. And um, and he won't forget the little people. Yeah. But he did thank us in his speech. He did. He thanked us because we are included in everybody who watches Coronation yeah, Street. Yeah, I always say that. And, I um, always <laughs> include myself. Even though sometimes I don't really watch it. And apparently they just went and partied the night away afterwards because I was up at school early this Can't morning and they were still updating their Instagram saying, oh, I'm in, I'm in the taxi now or I'm leaving now. There was literally, there was, a, there was a, a picture of him and Millie Gibson in a taxi about six o'clock this morning. She's jetting off to Canada today, isn't she? To do this um, to this tour with Gary Windus, actor Mikey North. Everybody is expecting her to be bright and bushy-tailed. <laughs> I think she may sleep all the way through the um, the plane journey. Although I did text her the other day and said, we did a character profile on Kelly Neelan, don't you know? And she said, she and I, I said, you can care. listen to it on the plane. She said, I'll definitely listen to it today. I don't know whether she has or not. I don't know if she did. I don't know. I would if I was her, because it was great. Um, anyway. Oh my God. We can't get award shows. Are you drunk? Without Gemma's... You're not drunk, are you? Without Gemma's fashion commentary. Love it. Fashion, fashion. Ooh, like what you're wearing. Indeed. Gemma. Yeah. Tell us your thoughts. What Again, about what the Corrie people Smith, wore last night? Beautiful. Wearing a lovely black suit. Very, very suave. And again, he's got his orange pocket square in his little in his <laughs> pocket, which I, I'm, I'm just going to take it as a, as a nod to Conversation Street. Absolutely, yes. He always seems to have this colour on him. I think it's got some kind of meaning to him. <laughs> well, which... I was quite surprised. You know, sometimes Coulson's worn, like, very colourful suits, he wears, hasn't he? he? he seems to, does he wear, um, like... Checkered stuff sometimes. Yeah, 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 sometimes. Well, it look great. You don't need to wear pinstripe um, black, Colson. You're slimming enough as it is. It looks great. Looking pretty dapper. Um, so I, I'm just going to say that I think that we should um, give away for our patron prize next year. Mm. Um Orange pocket hankies, pocket squares. Yeah. After after the, the these bottles, which were somewhat expensive this year, I'm just going to cut out some. I'm just going to dye and sheet orange and cut bits. Hand out dyed of it. though, the handmade gifts are the best. I've not just got current curry people, as you can see, as I'm scrolling through my pictures these? here. Flanagan. You looked surprised when you opened it. No, I didn't know. I didn't know what order we're going to see her in. Helen Flanagan was at the awards. I don't know. She's been on TV recently. It's like a chocolate brown. Very, very tight-fitting 
dress, full length, with a slit all the way up to her hip. It is. And she, a little she can do gap. pretty much all of her right leg there. She, but she's got very long sleeves because she's modest. Mm. And a nice what gold clutch bag there. She's got a nice streppy sandals. Lovely. No little speech bubbles saying, I'm coming back to Coronation Street soon. She's very beautiful. I'm sure she is. Um, oh, and there's another one. Katie, Katie McGlynn. Is, is she, oh, she's dressed, blimey. She's dressed like... Um, like a black flamingo. <laughs> black flamingo. She's got like net. She's got it's like a bit a, lacy and netty, isn't it's not, it? It's not a good picture and I can't, I can't Sorry. see what's going on. She's, well, she's got she some got, kind of black under garment. Like she's got something underneath Yeah, I hands. think she's got a kind of, well, she's no, holding a little bag this? there. Is this a cropped top? Yes, that is, okay, that so is she's a bit of tum on show. a bra and a long skirt, but no one's told her that you can see her pants. I think she knows. She I might think she know. likes it. I she think she looks pretty cool. She always looks great. She she very often does beautiful. go for um, she's very quite racy. outrageously racy t- um, outfits. Yeah. But she, if I look like her, maybe I'd wear this as well. Picture well, that, everybody. Well, I've heard that about Nice, nice you. little ringlets in her hair there. What's going what on? Doing? Okay, right. I think she looks great. She's got she's got pearl. She's got a pearl headband. Nice. Love it. What's she doing at the she's moment? Looking good. I don't know. Right. Next up, we've got Is the that- Gibster. She's wearing a slinky, black, strappy, booby, black dress. Lovely. Nice, L- plain, L-B-D. simple. L-B-D. Not yet. Well, she's got a little, little she's red, got a little, red she's got a little clutch. clutch here. Very nice. Nice green ring on there. Just zooming in. And I... <laughs> what? I just seemed she's to... She's got a really thing. nice necklace on. She nice little beautiful. emerald necklace. Very, very nice. Hater next. Millie Gibson. <laughs> Molly Another one, Gallagher looking nice. Hater. Very, very blonde at the moment. Next. She's wearing a very similar thing to to Millie, except she's got a V-neck. There um, was lots of black. Can I just say, these, these dresses, these strappy dresses are, you stole these from the 90s, but you should be wearing t-shirts underneath them if you want to be correct. <laughs> she's got, um, she's got like opera length, netty black gloves on. Nice. With like some big kind right of up to elbow. platform, spice girly, um, patent shoes. Yeah, it's looking good. It's looking Very good. nice, bright red lippy and a choker necklace. I, read, I was reading an article about the NTAs in the audience um, this, this morning and apparently black was, there seemed to be a bit more of it this Why are time. Why Well, black? I didn't know whether it was in mourning for her madge. Oh, that's so old news. Possibly, I don't know. Oh, look Speaking at this. Speaking of wearing, which. Yeah, what is going on? Everyone is whoa, wearing black. Sally Ann Matthews. Nobody told me that we were wearing black today. I'm wearing <laughs> grey, I feel bad. And I've got a bright red jumper on. Um, Sparkly. Our Sal is wearing the most gorgeous, sparkly... That is a showbiz outfit there. She's always showbiz at awards. She knows what she's doing. She's got... She's she's also got a booby outfit on. And why the hell not? Beautiful hair, beautiful smile, beautiful figure, beautiful dress. She looks like it looks the dress is made well. out of, like, it's the like, universe. It's, like, really sexy and cosy. How's she done that? Yeah, and yes. what we got in the old... She's wearing a we universe got dress. the old danglers for this one. Couple of, Ooh, couple nice, of nice ruby red, red ones to match her lovely lipstick. Doesn't she look very, fab? very nice? And man of the up, moment, yes, Paddington Beaver, Paddy Beave. He has got. Is it like tea? Is it like a very pale duck egg? Louis green. It, I, don't, I just said it was more grey. I don't know. I don't know. Red, grey, grey. Oh, um, well, he's got like. Is it like a roll neck? I think so. Is it a turtleneck? He's kind of a bit hunched Black. in this picture, but I think yeah. Top underneath it. Very cool. He's got nice, like suede, suede shoes. pale suede shoes on. I do like Dapper. men when they wear a nice suit. Not and not obvious. Not, not an obvious colour. You don't wear anything nice. Next. <laughs> Jodie Pranger. She looks fab. This is like a NTA's petrol Corrie blue debut. Um, sequined. And another V-neck thing with a, 
like a lace thing on yeah. it. Everybody who listens to this, just so no, I don't see any of these pictures before Michael shows no, these me. Are, these which is are... why I'm always don't know what the hell I'm talking about. No, you just like the, the immediate reaction. She's got a green clutch. So the theme of this is the theme of Coronation Street stars who who have them was boobs. <laughs> yeah, get them out. Get them out. Show them off, girls. These the top bits of them anyway. Um, nice. She's having a nice glass of champers. She looks absolutely fine. They need to fab. get on down to Terry Duckworth's booby bar. <laughs> Curly hair. Wonderful. Lovely, lovely. Hate everybody on the, in these photos. They're all too glam. Here's, um, Ryan Russell up next. Oh, yes. I like it. Swish. He's got his... He hasn't got a, he hasn't got a tie on because he's like, I laugh at your conventions because I look <laughs> handsome without a tie. He's got a white shirt, white pocket square and a nice black... Double-breasted suit. Oh, black, is it well, dark, I can't right? see. I'm not leaning in too close because of the microphone. But like, he looks, he looks really nice smart. Necklace, he does. He's got a nice and necklace. And Sal's on got her there. dress on in a different yeah, way. Sal is, so Sal is in there with with older. I prefer it off shoulder, but it's nice Ryan. that she's got a choice. Yeah, yeah. And Anthony we've got Anthony Cotton. Cotton. He is just wearing a classic uh, suit with a bow tie, black and white. He's got a white shirt on, black suit. Do you think this is what he wore to the, the Queen's little, funeral? Uh, it's very versatile. Yeah. Um, and a little tuck. Like is good um, for all occasions. Waistcoat. Yeah. Classic. Ryan uh, Prescott here. Now this looks like corduroy. Is it, it corduroy? Look, I think it might be. It's like a grey. Zoom. Enhance. Enhance. Sector 5. Yeah. It's either very, very weird pinstripes or it's corduroy. Very cosy. With a brown paisley tie, white shirt, white pocket square. Yeah, I like that. I mean, the black the black suit and everything is nice and traditional and everything, but I do like it when they have a little bit of colour there. And um, we got a couple oh, in our final photo oh, here. Tanisha, lovely. Tanisha looks... She had, didn't get the memo that we're wearing black today. Lady in red, she's like, screw you guys, I'm going in red because I look Make goddamn fantastic in it. And she was completely right. Very I nice. love her and her glasses too. Can I just say, shout out fellow glasses wearer. You look absolutely gorgeous, babes. Keep it up. <laughs> she's also gone, you sell her all bag is it is I it i believe and um trevor michael george to round things off he is looking very suave and is it's like um it's like a a kind of oriental printed silk jacket <laughs> with trousers and a black shirt and it's always it's un, it's um he just looks really happy to be there he's done he's done what's it called he's unbuttoned it he's relaxed he always does lots of selfies at these kinds of things does trev well so would i Oh, yeah, exactly. I also really love the fact that he's done it. This who's somebody's taken this photo, or he's taken it in front of a mirror. I don't know. I'm really confused because he's taking. It looks like he's taking a selfie, maybe. And like Millie Gibson is like so into making sure that she, she looks fab in this. <laughs> look at her. She's like, let me yes, just check look, this. Podcast listeners, look with your eyes. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Why do you make me describe photos? No, it's cool. it's make interesting. Fun of me. I'm not making fun of you. We need to put these on our Instagram so everybody can play along at home. Yeah, I think I think maybe we should. Anyway, that was the Coronation Street fashion for the NTAs. Very lovely, everybody. Give everybody Personal, ten out of ten. I think I I, I think Sal and Tanisha win it for me this year. Sal's Sal looked absolutely fabulous. Sal always they all looked great. Has the best dresses. Yeah. Very very nice. And again, congrats. Paddy Beaver. Um, yeah, good job. Congrats Paddy, good in a job. different way to Alex Bain. Moving on to our next bit of news at last. He's engaged and has been for a year, except it's been a secret up until now. So um, Alex Bain was somebody we said um, we met when we went to um, to, yep. to Manchester earlier this year. We had a really nice chat with him. He was, he was jolly talkative with us and he was telling us about father-in-laws, well, father-in-law-to-be. 
wasn't he? He was talking to me about nuts and bolts. Yeah, manly things like that. He was very nice to chat to. But yeah, congrats. He's got engaged to Molly, Molly Lockwood. Um, and he, he went on a secret... No, he went on a trip to Chester with their mole um, a year ago and then they got married. And even they kept it a secret for their parents for a couple of months as well. They told them at Christmas. So I'm um, taking it slow. Anything like our parents, they just go, oh. Yeah, I hope you got a better reaction yeah. than we did. Anyway, congrats there. I want to know, what? did they get engaged in Chester Zoo? Because those otters are cute. <gasps> yeah. Imagine how cool it would have been if Alex Bain had arranged for the... Um, the otters at Chester Zoo to have secreted in their little special pockets that they normally keep a stone in an engagement ring. <laughs> yeah, which and then been guys has got it. Playing with the the ring, and then Alex Bain would be like, "Like that ring? Well, it's yours." And then punches punches the what did <laughs> punches I say? Otter the punches the otter and takes the ring. It's taking a dark turn. It's Halloween. Okay, fine. It's subversive. Next bit of mini news. Actually, this is more of a rumour, but it's probably going to be true because these things usually are. If you like I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. While well, Sue Cleaver may well be joining the ranks. Um, I don't even know when it's on. Is it later this year? Is it early next year? Is it in know. Australia or is it in... I believe it is in Australia. And um, Sue hasn't said anything, but, but, but... She's, she's holding she's out for more money. She's just opened her Instagram account a couple of months ago. She's holding out she? for more money. That's what I would do. Don't confirm until you've Nobody's got every confirmed. single penny out. Nobody's of them. confirmed yet. I think that Sue Cleaver started being a bit more active on Instagram recently because, because of setting it. herself up for being on I'm a Celebrity and getting those followers in. So, um, Can I suggest? Nice to see somebody curious there. What? Idea. I will take 10% of all the profits for this idea. Hmm. New New concept. I'm not a celebrity, get me out of here, where just normal people do it and it's like Big Brother but you have to eat worms. Yeah, they don't have a normal person sort of... I think it would be brilliant. version of I'm a Celeb. And I'm not doing it because I'm, I'm going to be on I'm a Celebrity. So I'm not doing the normal one. <laughs> you're going to wait until you're celebrity enough to be asked into the jungle, What do you mean, you? wait until I'm celebrity enough? They definitely <laughs> well, have the phone's me. not been ringing yet. Haven't they had a podcaster on there before? I'm like, I'm surely in the echelons of like... I think they know you wouldn't enough. do it. I, w- I would do it if they gave me enough money. You would not lie in a box and have spiders crawl over. No, I just sorry. refuse to do everything and everyone would pay <laughs> you'd me. Be one of those. I'd be like, guess what? I got paid, I got paid. It doesn't <laughs> you'd be matter. Like, you'd be like when Helen Flanagan was in it and everyone would just be voting for you to do all the bush decker jobs just it, for larks. People, well, I think it's obvious from how much I am a bit of a diva on this show. I am very sulky when I don't get my way, so it would be, I would be comedy <laughs> gold. true. I would be TV gold for about two weeks before everyone voted me out. <laughs> well, we'll see. But what? I refuse. I refuse to talk to Ant and Deck. Yes, because you don't like them, do you? I don't like them either. No, you don't like ITV. But how do you feel about Stephen Mulhern? Oh, I don't like him either. <laughs> right, next. Anyway, you keep your eyes peeled for that. And if you're like, I'm a celebrity, let us know how she's getting on because we probably won't be watching. And can I just say, whatever Sue's doing it for, I'll do it for half. <laughs> next. Nobody wants you on it, Gemma. Everybody does now. Everyone's intrigued. <laughs> because also, can I just say, nobody knows what I look like. I could be Sue Cleaver for you, know, putting on a funny voice. Maybe, maybe. You don't know. I know. You don't know what I look like. This next bit of news is sad. So let's lower the oh, tone God. a little bit. Right, it's just news. Why did you put this in? Well, because it's sad. I don't know. Rob, it's a sad-ish. Go on then. Rob, Rob Mallard has just Express. said that his... Yes, this is from The Express. And he had an interview um, earlier this week. And he said that, you know, he's got this essential tremor, which he, yeah. he gets kind of shaky and things. Apparently it's getting worse, which is rubbish. And this has been like, I don't know, two, three, four years maybe since we first heard about this. Uh, and he kind of opened up and said, yeah, I've got this. Because yeah. um, people have been noticing him shaking a little bit. Um, and, and he says... 
it's got worse. I've looked into it. I've seen what people are like in their 70s and 80s. It was a bit of a shock. Ugh. So horrible. Uh, he says his hand used to be what shook, but now kind of the, the, the back of his neck and his head shake. He says it looks like he's saying no to everything all the time where he's kind of shaking his head. So it's, I really feel really sorry for him, but at least he said that he takes it with humour. He says if you don't take it with humour, it can get frustrating. People at work know everybody's there supportive. If he needs to do scenes again, he can just say, can I do it again? So um, that, that's really good. But um, I, I think that, that... I don't like to hear about anybody struggling, especially with their health. It can yeah. be very, very tough, especially when you're young like he is. I know, and he's such a talent. He's, he's very a real, talented. He's brilliant on Coronation Street. I really... Uh, although Daniel can be sometimes a bit... Um, I really think that bringing back that character, brilliant. casting Rob Mullard to play the son of Ken Barlow, absolutely brilliant. And I hope that he is able to keep this under control for a long time. And, you know, there's always, um, well, there's always... medical advances to, to hope for. I guess there? so. so I um... mean, one thing I will say is that people like Rob are really great for being visible with things that affect them medically and yeah definitely you know, he, he's it, a, there's a there's a british trauma foundation or something as well that he supports as well it show, it, it just gives hope to people too who you know ordinary people who can look up to to him and say oh he can yeah. do this i can do this yeah absolutely so um good for him for being very open and frank with his struggles because even if you don't have what he has you and but you have a different health struggle somebody being vocal about it and saying yeah it really actually sucks mm. um it means a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. It makes it does. you feel like you don't need to... You're, you're, you're not, not alone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, next bit of news, then. This is back up again on the happiness scale. You've just done so badly on this I pacing. Just, just, sorry. Jack P. Shepherd is getting a waxwork at Madame Tussauds and Blackpool. Great. Which um, we've we've been to that one, haven't we? Yes. That's got that's got the Rovers set inside and everything, and it's got a Deirdre, it's, it's got, got a Ken, it's got a Bet, it's got a Jack, Hilda. a Vera, and a Hilda. Now to be joined by David Platt, and I think um, actually, if, <laughs> if you're going to go for like who's a big name in Coronation Street at the moment, I think that's a pretty good choice actually. Uh, you haven't got a picture of this. No, I, I haven't. I mean, the, the, you can go onto Jack P. Shepard's Instagram at the moment, and he's put a video up of him being around where they kind of cast his face. Or is that the word? Why that have they, they do done his hair? Why did they put a wig on him? Well, like, they put his hair in they, wax. They, they have waxed up his hair. Yeah, um, it, it, we can see it. It's halfway so far, so it hasn't been painted is that what happens to it i guess of course it but does you can see the form of it in kind of in, in beautiful beige um i'm gonna say at the moment it doesn't look completely like him if you were to point show me and say who's this from coronation street i'd probably go uh, david i'd say but if you like were to say between rob mallard and and jack peach if you were to have given it to me and just said this could be anyone. Who is it? I don't know whether I'd have guessed it was him but you never know i guess that when, when they have it painted up and um um, put in, in the front of whatever house he's going to be put in um, it'll look just dandy Gryffindor <laughs> and that was it's so cool he says it, he was talking about it on his Sofa Cinema Club this week it's been a secret for about a year that he's known that he's going to get this done and he's, uh, he's also said it was an honour to be asked by Madame Tussauds Blackpool to be a wax figure it's going to be weird it's going to be amazing good for him so there we go um, get, get up to Blackpool Madame Tussauds it's quite good a bit out of the way. Yeah. Um, and finally... I don't get it. What? It's great. It's fine. It's brilliant. No, you were saying you don't really get Madame Tussauds, I just want to say, right... My... Go on. Okay. Get on your I've got this rant about there. Madame Tussauds. I'll sit back. <laughs> okay. I get the historical, like... I get the, like, the heritage of it. And, like, the, the story, the backstory of Madame Tussauds is really cool. But why are they still making stuff out of wax? Because, like... 
it doesn't really always turn out what it's supposed to look like. It feels like it's a gamble. Like every time they do it, it's like 50-50. It's is it going to look like what it's supposed to look like? And it's because when, when, you, when you form something in wax, it has to age and then it dries and then it shrinks. So they have to do it slightly differently to what you actually look like so that when it's dried, it looks like you. But it doesn't always look like them anyway. I just don't... Like, we have to have the technology. You could scan people's faces and you could literally make a perfect replica of anybody you wanted. 3D printed Jack P. Shepherd. You really could... But why are they still making out of waxworks? I don't understand. Just, just for, like, the say. gamble of is it going to look absolutely <laughs> crap? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know when we're going to be going out to Blackpool next, but um, I'm sure that next time we do go, we'll pop in Not and say rush. hello to Jack I'd, and say, oh, I'm about the same height as you. That's quite nice. I'm not going to rush, but um, good. I tell you what, it is a bloody honour because there aren't very many Coronation Street stars at Blackpool, and even the fact that they have um, Corrie at Blackpool, I think, is is a, is lovely. Yeah, well, they used to have the whole proper Coronation Street experience there, didn't they? This is going back in the nineties, I think. Maybe I, I've I've never seen any pictures of what's inside of it, but um, it's nice that they've got something there. There's a there's a good few Coronation Street thing themed places to visit if you go out to Blackpool isn't there like the Strand Hotel where uh, Adam oh, yeah, Bradley yeah, yeah. was knocked down and uh, yeah go on a little mini trip probably other don't things you? I don't know but anyway that's all good and also um, more stuff. this is the last one and I only put this in because earlier on in the week I didn't know whether there was going to be this much is why, news do you know what right when I was younger they asked me to present the news at 10 and I was like no because I get that bored after happen. 10 minutes and I start asking questions like, what, is this really news? Why are we talking about this? This is news, Gemma. Brooke Vincent of Sophie Webster fame yep. has been in OK Magazine this week and she right. was asked about returning to Corrie. Of course she was. Why not? What she say? She says, Corrie for me will always be home, but Corrie's ongoing. It's forever there. The hard thing about Corrie was that the hours aren't a normal nine to five. You just couldn't go part time or you couldn't start after 10. There was physically no way I could do it without having a nanny. And there's Keane's football as well. So like you Helen Flanagan, can, the really other old. Webster, she's kind of, she's kind of um, tied by whatever footballing the, the other half is doing. Uh, and the is kids as well. Is she going out with a football? Oh, yeah, yeah. Keen. I think Keen's a footballer. Maybe. She says, it's hard with Corrie because it's set in Manchester and I don't know where Keen's going to be next season. I would quite like Sophie Webster to come back to Coronation Street. Like with um, Helen Flanagan, with, with Rosie Webster, when they went off on their maternity leaves, we always thought at the time, oh, they'll be back. But it just kind of never happened, did it? Well, and, they're um, very lucky that they can um, take time off. Yeah, it really feels like they if are... If that's what they want to do, then that's what they want to do. They are part of the furniture at Coronation Street. Their legacy characters are Rosie and Sophie. Sorry for my Kevin impression there, Mike Lavelle. <laughs> that was an off-the-cuff one. <laughs> Rosie, Sophie. No, you can and, get beaten up. No. Um, and anyway, um, yeah, I, I hope that we will get to see them again. Also, Brooke Vincent's doing a short film with um, Matt Hilton at the moment. I've got, I'm just ad-libbing this at the moment. I can't remember what it's called, but if you look on Matt Hilton's Instagram, and probably hers as well, actually, there's some there's some pictures it's of her. It's called Hold Me Baby. Hold me baby, I'm going back to Corrie. Um, so yeah, it's some, I think it's some charity thing that's being done. So if you like short films, we like Brooke Vincent in short films. P.S. Don, where, where, where's chapter three? We've seen chapter one live, we've seen chapter two, Zach. I want to know what's going on in Dom Stevenson's mini short film thingies. Yeah, what's going on? With Brooke Vincent and and Rob Mallard is in that as well, isn't he? Yeah, and And Sal. Adam Bleece and Sal, exactly. Um, Get part three out, I'm desperate, it's been years. One thing I want to say about all these things about people being asked about returning to Corrie, it's a bit like they're being invited to a party they don't want to go to. And it's just like, what is your excuse for why you're not back at Coronation <laughs> Street? And they're like, oh, you know. But at the end of the day, 
if they really wanted to come back, it, they could probably make it work, yeah. but they don't. They're not bothered. Just leave them alone. Stop asking them questions Stop about when they want to go okay back to Coronation Street. I'd never do that. Okay, it's fine if you don't want to go back to Coronation Street. That's... It's fine if you do. Yes. That is the news. It just really makes me Lots laugh. going on this week. Every single time they get asked, it's like, oh, a news, news headline here. Little bit of feedback this week. Not much. So let's just get to it, shall let's we? Let's get on with it. Right, feedback time. Actually, no, no, no. Before feedback, we just did a little pause and I realised we missed out somebody very important from our Coronation Street at fashion, the NTA. Fashion, fashion. Ooh, like what you're wearing. Gemma, what yeah. do you think? Of Charlie Jordan's outfit from Isn't the last night. Isn't she a proper stunner? This is like a proper amazing. She's got an Elsa dress on there, isn't she? It That's is. like winter it looks themed. Like I think she's trying to get on Dancing on Ice. Oh yeah, maybe. Maybe this is a clue. Oh no, they've already announced who it's going to um, be. She looks very oh, well. gorgeous. She's wearing a white and ice blue. It just does look like a skating outfit because it's got this this invisible fabric thing to make it look like it's not really there. And it's just like swirly lace mm. bits over It's very a, nice, isn't it? Over a, over do you think, a when she, do you think she wore it like, like ice crystal sparkles trailed behind her? I don't know, maybe. It's just, it's very, very cool dress. It's got little puffy sleeve bits and long, long, uh, long sleeves and full length, very figure hugging. If it was black, it'd look very Morticia Adamsy. That's what mm. the style is like. And she has got... Beautiful Bobby Dazzler sparklers on your ear rolls. Yeah. Anyway, that's not feedback, but just I didn't want Charlie really listening pretty. to this and going, what about my lovely dress? I need to be listening going, well, you guys, screw you then. <laughs> I'm sure we missed out lots of other people, but... Just if you're a celebrity and you wear a nice outfit on, an out, on a night out, just send it to me and I will mention you. And I'll critique your look. <laughs> be nice, honestly. Um, last week's Coronation Street was another... Um, there was a really wide range of scores on the Facebook group. Um, some people loved it, some people hated it. And I'm imagining that maybe this Just week's like going to be podcast. the same. Um, 3.31 was where it all averaged out in the end, though. And that it's included... respectable, yeah, do you think? Judith, who gave it two different necklaces bought for two different women out of five. Jessica gave it three heart attacks that Tracy will have when she finds out about Ken and Wendy. And Jonathan, oh, these are all J's this week. Jonathan gave it three glances at Mr. Mouse outside his house on a cold morning <laughs> in reference to Tim's flashing incident last week. Thank you, everybody who <laughs> voted. I was going to say, in reference to Tim's flaccid. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't flaccid, and that's even more embarrassing for him. Oh, yeah. He was like, yeah, definitely, um, definitely, uh, that, that was it, definitely. <laughs> right, um, I'm going to read Richard's email to start off with today. And he says that he hopes we're well and enjoyed this week's episodes. Um, fine, well. fine, great, I'm thank well. you. As I've shared on the Facebook group alongside others, I feel that there are too many stories running concurrently. However, I'm particularly engaged in the Stu and Max ones. Just to say something, Richard, you're probably right here because... Normally, and you guys all know this, we when we talk about the week, we break it down into storylines and there's normally five. But recently there's been like seven or oh, so more. That, I think that some Michael, sometimes they would there would be more, wouldn't there? Yeah. But I think more I think 
recently. There's been a few weeks like... where it's been longer, by yeah. yeah. So I think that people are picking up on the same thing. Mm. I knew a little in advance about the stew revelation, having accidentally seen an online spoiler <gasps> earlier on Monday. I'd expected Lucy would turn out to be the culprit, so the revelation regarding Bridget has added a nice twist for me. Alia and Didi's well-intended meddling has clearly backfired, so it'll be interesting Good. to see how this develops. Max's track's record would always lead him to be suspected of things he's completely innocent of, <laughs> but I wonder if his outburst about Darian getting the school place will take us down a far-right racist type of avenue with his character. If so, I'm sure Paddy Beaver will be up to the challenge, as he is proving to be a superstar as Max. What do you reckon about Ooh, that one? Richard, I kind of... what an interesting... I, I, honestly, I know... Not this specific. I hope not. Not the specific storyline, but I do know there have been times at which Coronation Street has suggested similarly controversial, racist sort of storyline ideas for some people, and they've said, "No, I'm not doing it." Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know whether Paddy Beaver would feel confident enough or secure enough in his job to say, "I'm not doing that," or whether he'd say, "No, that's a really interesting story. Let's go for it." The thing is, though, it's not necessarily to do with. You know, I, I don't want to, you know, say, oh, you're not, you're not uh, brave enough, or, or you're not a good enough actor. I think that is there's genuine concern if you're if you're an actor. For number one, you don't want to be typecast, mm. and number two, the way social media is, people people get very confused about the difference between an actor and a character. And I know a lot of people think they don't, but I also think a lot of us do sometimes mm. confuse mm. the two. And um, I think it would attract a lot of weird attention, and I think. I, I am going to say as well, it isn't necessarily the people who would say, oh, I don't like you, Paddy, because you play a racist. I think it's more the people that would be like, yeah, you tell him. Mm. You, you know what I mean? The people that would support him because they think that he believes all their yeah. same right-wing yeah. stuff that they do. Well, Coronation Street's never done a radicalisation story like this. And um, it's... it's weird because they've, I will say as well, they've had lots of immigrants on the show. They've had the Polish people. They've had Samir, we mentioned before. They had, oh, the right Polish back at the very beginning, they had Ivan Javesky. But they've never really had any any kind of proper race racial tension about immigration. Well, I think when, when the Polish workers came to Underworld, the, some people like Janice and, and maybe Kelly or whatever were a bit like, oh, what are they doing here? Okay, but, but that wasn't racial. It, yeah, not this, no, not, not really. It was um, xenophobic. Yeah, but... I, I think it could go that way, but it, and I think other soaps have done radicalisation, so it's not like it's it couldn't be done. Maybe, I, I maybe. I wouldn't hate it. No, I don't think I, I think would it's either. A, I think it's a good, brave idea. Um, but but I, I do, I, I kind of like Max to be nice, but I always like I the character. I always want the characters that I like to be nice, and it doesn't always, and, also, and as I I've think... been told, if everybody's nice on Coronation Street, then they're a bit boring. I also, yeah, and I also really like Paddy and we met, you know, we're dining out on the fact we met him once. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've been like, in his company that, for about three that minutes. amazing. But um, he just seemed so genuinely nice and sweet and he came across really nice and sweet in his acceptance speech mm. too. Um, his acceptance would, speech was lovely. That I would hate for him to ever, like I kind of want to protect him and I, I would hate for him to ever be hated because of his character. Mm. But then he's probably already gone through quite a lot of that with his, because yeah. Max has had some pretty controversial storylines already. Yeah. Also, like I said, um, 
uh, everybody has also raved about him who knows about him so I think you do, I think you do a good job with it oh I forgot as also we forgot to talk about the other um, news about him getting the award and um, Millie Gibson's reaction <laughs> to him getting the award and if you haven't seen the scene we didn't even watch the Soap Awards but we've, we've seen clips of it since and um, yeah Millie Gibson is sitting behind Paddy Beaver when the um, uh, the winner is announced and um she she says a rude phrase on the television, she says doesn't an she? Yeah, she's quite surprised in a nice way that he's got the award. And um, yeah, if you haven't seen that, just just go and have a watch and see if you can figure out what she's what she's saying. <laughs> I <laughs> love how supportive the Curry cast can be with each other, yeah. especially at award shows. Well, he was sitting next to Sally Ann Matthews as well yeah. yesterday, and she was so chuffed for him. She's one of the people who has sung his him. praises. They really, really do. Everyone thinks Paddy's wonderful. I wonder what he's got on them. <laughs> right, Gemma, would you like to read Rebecca's email? First of all, I agree totally over Alia. I can't warm to her at all. And if it was another character involved in this two case, I would enjoy it more. I feel so bad... I feel mega bad for Sarah. Yeah, I know. I think she's wonderful. Problem. And I, I think she's great. I think she performs Ali really well. And I think it, we need people like her. Yeah, and show. I've seen nothing to to make me think that I've got, I've got nothing against her. I don't think she's anything like Alia at all. She she was she went in the jungle, didn't she? Yeah, I yeah. thought she was great and yeah. enjoyed her being there. She seemed to do herself yeah. justice. It's just that Alia is such Alia. a... And I, I kind of, I think I'm really. starting to really love how much I hate her. <laughs> so anyway, um, Rebecca says, saying that, I did enjoy the Stu and Eliza scenes and I did think Lucy was confessing, but I also like Michael's theory that she's covering for Lennox. Maybe even adding the theory that Lennox and Lucy were also having an affair. Stick to it. I also agree over the theory that Zidane and Dee Dee might become a couple. Even though I'm not the biggest summer fan... Hang on a minute, Rebecca. Didn't we only discuss that theory because you're the one that tweeted us that theory? <laughs> nice that you agree <laughs> with yourself. With it, yeah. <laughs> um, I just love the... I just love the contrast of... Like, I, I made a joke before about a man who literally does his hair with a ruler versus a woman who can't keep her... DNA evidence away from being. <laughs> when she was eaten juggling all those blue files in today's episode, it was just like, oh. Well, she was standing there with all these folders, and then she was just like dumping them in a box. And mm. I was thinking, you don't know what order that is. <laughs> anyway, um, Rebecca says, even though I'm not the biggest summer and Aaron fan, I'm kind of annoyed at Paul trying to break them up. I did like the brownie drug scene, although I'm not. I was more interested in the bishop rather than Aaron and Summer off their faces. Although it's good to see Todd again. It seems like ages since we've seen him. I also like the summer mentioning that she had took spice. I felt a bit sorry. Every sorry, but every I know that I'm an innocent. Uh, I was gonna say victim, <laughs> an innocent person there. But every time we have, even at the beginning when we first learned about spice and. Um, we saw the the original summer taking spice and all, and we learned how dreadful it is. It's very very bad. I still cannot help but think about Old Spice and that guy in the advert who rides around with no top on on a horse. I was just thinking about the Spice Girls. It's hard to take it seriously. Anyway, I feel a bit sorry. You're for... gonna name your drug. Think more carefully about it next. Call time, it something please. cool like um, Fun Times yeah, that, with a Z. Is that what you'd call a drug that you you'd name? I'd say, hey, some fun times. <laughs> <laughs> You might get a different kind of customer come along to you then. They might be a bit well, disappointed. I'm making money like that. <laughs> Rebecca says, I feel a bit sorry for James leaving and I didn't think I would. 
I like that he would be going off to teach disadvantaged children and he would still be with Danny. However, the biggest annoyance for me was a possible affair between Tim and Aggie. It's really annoying me, although it would be more annoyed if Aggie went all bunny boy on Tim, as that is totally out of her character. Tim doesn't help things, though, with giving of the necklace. Poor Ed is all I'm saying. How are you feeling now, Rebecca? Because I know that you've been very anxious about a potential Tim and Aggie yeah. affair for a good few months now, and now tonight's has happened. Do you feel more convinced that that's not going to... Not going I'm to not sure, Michael. There. I feel like the door is open. I think it yeah. still could be. Because Sally's reaction might still drive a wedge between her and Tim. Yeah. Dear these women. Rebecca says, a story I did like is the Wendy House story. Yes, and I'm still calling it that. Let me do that again. The Wendy House story. <laughs> and surprisingly, I don't mind Ken and Wendy. I'm also enjoying the play stuff, although maybe they could t- tune down Brian and Mary a little. Really looking forward to seeing how Tracy reacts to Ken and Wendy. Also, good to see Amy back on screen as well. I love Jenny wallowing and loved her scenes with Daisy in hospital, especially when she described Amazon as whoosh, 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 and that it arrives in a day. It's just a, Amy, she was another one, a bit like Jacob, that made it in for like a couple of scenes, didn't she? I feel like somebody's gone, oh, they're not going to make their, their episode minimum. Yeah, what's going on? I also think the slippage was an accident, although now Jenny has focused it onto it watch out Glenda I love the pub scenes and I love Mary and Dev playing Jig Tig but more Stephen please right everybody who lives in the north can you tell me is Jig Tig real is it a game that was made up <laughs> for Coronation Street or are you all sitting there going everyone knows what Jig Tig is stupid southerners <laughs> play it all the time god you southerners don't have fun in a pub if you've never played Jig Tig Rebecca wants more Stephen please finally Glad that Dev and Bernie are now a couple and that Bernie and Fern are still in contact. Character of the week is a slow week. You can probably tell my email by my email is Ken. And I give it this week two games of Jig Tig played by Mary and Dev out of five. Nice, nice, nice. So I wonder what you think now about Fern and Bernie being in contact. Rebecca, now you know that she may be up to no good. I'm pretty sure that Fern hasn't stolen Bernie's electricity bill and T-shirt so she can anonymously enter her for a Weatherfield... Good Samaritan of the Year. <laughs> I think not. Mm-hmm. Um, right, Nancy, final... Um, oh, no, there might be one more after this. I think there's one more after this. Uh, one fascinating part of the Stu storyline is that Lucy is definitely hiding something about the murder. So this is obviously sent last week before all the truth came out. The other good thing about it is that Dee Dee is on the case. I hope that she finds something big. Yasmin asking Stephen if he'll lend her some money was almost hilarious. I thought, if only she knew... Um, oh, and then information for us, Gemma. In America, weed first became legal for medical use only to make you feel good after having chemotherapy. Because that's a bit of a downer, isn't it? It was funny to see Aaron and Summer get so high on the brownies. Whether or not Summer stays with Aaron, I hope that Aaron gets some help. I've got some facts for you. Yeah. And Nancy and everybody else. What? Did you know yes. that this country is actually one of the major, if not the biggest, exporter of medical-grade marijuana in the I world. I did know that. It's because we're not allowed to take it here, so we've got to get rid of it somewhere. And I also have been reading up about this, and the, the conspiracy theory seems to be that part of the reason why they won't legalise it is because one of these far- this farm is owned by somebody's spouse who's very high up in the government, and they've basically got a monopoly on it. Oh. That's the conspiracy theory that I definitely don't agree with. I don't with. think that that's true. But interesting all the oh, time. You don't, think, conspiracy you don't think there's any kind of corruption going on in the government? No, they're all honest folk, aren't they? They definitely... There's no nepotism <laughs> or back-scratching going on there. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> um, 
Am I reading this? Yes, I am. I love the Mary, Brian, Ken, Wendy and Nigel scenes and how um, happy Mary got when she finally got the lead. It'll be great seeing Trace's reaction to Ken and Wendy seeing each other. You both were you and Rebecca said that. Did you, did anybody else think that the scenes with Tracy in the bistro were just, they, they felt a little bit off? It was like a bit forced, a bit like, well, we got to have a reacting mad, so here it is. Are you happy with it? I don't know. No, I don't think, I think it, it felt didn't natural hit, that hit the mark for me. like her. It, it does, but it was just the way that it happened the way that it came out of the book reading I don't know I'll just, I, I just did something about it didn't work for me um, I think a woman and a man can be friends Tim and Aggie make good friends and I hope it is nothing more Bernie and Dev could be a fun couple to watch and I can't wait to see what Bern wants Fernie no Fern wants Bernie, Bernie to do next I love it I want them to be I give that. this week's episodes three cheeky pints of beer out of five and the character of the week is the Bishop thank you for an outstanding podcast and she also says she liked Nigel calling up a character named Nancy in Wednesday's oh, episode. Nice. <laughs> um, right, Chloe. Now, this wasn't an email. This is just something that Chloe posted on the Facebook group that I thought was um, somewhat interesting. And it kind of ties into what Richard was saying earlier, doesn't it? Do you want to read this one? She wrote on our Facebook page, a po- uh, member group, group um, I never want to encourage negativity on this page. But I really feel that there are just too many storylines in Corrie at the moment. The Leo Stephen thing looked promising. Now we're not hearing anything about it this week because they're focusing on another big storyline with Stu. It's really hard to get a proper in to get proper into a storyline when there's weeks apart of things developing in them. I'm sure it used to be one big main storyline and a couple of smaller ones, one of which would usually have some comedy for like relief. Yeah, I do think you're wrong, Chloe, and I think a lot, lots of other people have noticed the same thing. And also, um, on Twitter, Scripture Scene, um, who does a lot of really interesting commentary about Coronation Street and other television and, and film uh, things, um, has been talking about how she doesn't think that there's really been a big storyline this year. Mm. And I think that's pretty much true. Yeah. Like, every year you can look back and go, that was the A storyline of the year. And that's sometimes, going to go for the awards. even you would see these storylines stretch across more than one year. Mm. So the Platts, they had mega storylines. Yeah, the feeling drama, the Yasmin. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I am get I'm, I am getting a bit frustrated with. It feels a bit rudderless, don't you think? It does a little bit. Do All year, my, I've been thinking I'm waiting for it to pick up, do you and hear it my hasn't. Conspiracy done. theory. Yes. I'm wondering if Ian McLeod is actually deciding that he wants to leave soon and he just hasn't sort of prepared anything maybe. massive because he wants whoever's to kind of replace him to mm. come up with something themselves maybe maybe he's maybe he's treading water a bit i don't know i don't I, know I, I his job is incredibly difficult and they all do a really fantastic job of what they do uh, despite I, how much we complain about we complain it. about them Still all the time have absolutely no contact with with any of the big producers people or anybody like that um and i, I know we talk about them really flippantly and um kind of ignorantly and a bit a bit rude uh rudely about them sometimes so i just want to make it clear again if i if it isn't that i really really have a lot of respect for what they do and um i think that it's really quite funny how much people are just waiting for poor Ian McLeod to leave as though he's he's got some kind of like expiry date or something. <laughs> There's really no reason why he should leave other than traditionally in the recent past, Corey producers haven't been on the job 
for more than a few years at a time. But, you know, again, with Coronation Street, we've pointed this out before, it's a 60-year-long show. And actually, if you look back at the very beginnings of the show, the producers stayed... <laughs> Some of them did. I mean, yeah. they were still short. There were short stints Probably, and long Obviously, stints. yeah. But, but um, you know, it's, yeah. Not, it's not without the realms of Coronation Street precedence mm. that I, Ian McLeod could stay in the job for, for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I just... I'm, I'm not quite sure why this year feels so different. Um, I wonder whether people are, you know, it must be very difficult. They've all worked really hard over the pandemic. Are they just lo- losing a bit of steam? I don't know. Or are we not seeing something obvious that's mm. that's sort of coming together in the background? Uh, it, I don't know. It should, be, ob- it should be obvious. It felt like when this thing happened with Stephen a few weeks ago that that could have been the start of something big. And it still could yeah, be. Know, but, but then like... it's just dead. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's going to come it's... back. Yeah, I know. But Michael... It, the big A storyline of a year shouldn't come in in September. No, no, it's no exactly. The, the big story was the Abbey Toya Imran one, I guess, but it just wasn't as big as the usual big. Well, ones. it also point it lost momentum mm. because the the finale of that storyline, if that's indeed you know if that's their biggest storyline of the year, ended on a on a two day trial mm. that then led into a week that was a much bigger and more impactful week because it, that was Stephen's rampage yeah. week. And we haven't seen Hyde nor Hair or Toya next. I just... Since. Uh, uh, since. Um, I, yeah, I want the Stephen storyline to come back. I want the Toya and Spider storyline to come back. That's what I'm kind of holding out for. And I also want to say too, um, it's really interesting to me as well that some of the things that Coronation Street is, has in its show are actually incredibly newsworthy and timely through not necessarily any finagling of of that of theirs, but they should capitalize on it. Like for example, the Adnan Said stuff with um, him in America, and I know that not everybody, most people probably wouldn't know about this. But if you're into true crime, you know what's going on with that case and the fact that they're testing DNA and there's oh there's no DNA from so and so and so and so on the shoes. What's going on there? And the fact that this uh, Stu murder case is also hinges on DNA testing that's just been done. That's really interesting to me. And also the other thing is the protesters. Like today we had the protesters <laughs> throwing ca- cans of tomato soup onto Van Gogh. Goes Van Gogh. Van Gogh. We're not American. Um, sunflowers picture uh, portrait portrait no not painting portrait. in what's well, in the national gallery yeah today. not the portrait gallery though gluing themselves to yeah. the to the floor it is timely what spiders w- Griff are up to what are they going to do I, I really 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 want them to do something incredibly disruptive and I want to see what Corey can do to try to make people listen to what they have to say because I, I, I don't want Toya to get dragged into it because I think if Toya chucks soup on anything everyone would hate her forever mm. but maybe if Spider chucks some soup I'd like to have have them give a like proper impassioned speech well that, they tried that with Frida and everyone just went oh I, I know that's I, that I immediately thought of people Frida are very I want them to do like they did with Frida but with the protesters and actually people here's, enjoy it here's this an time. idea Christmas Day, Spider breaks into the Weatherfield Council offices where the Platts, because of a hilarious mishap with the sinkhole, have had to decant to enjoy their Christmas lunch. Mm-hmm. And Spider doesn't know they're there and he breaks in to do a protest and he chucks a can of soup onto Alf- Alfie's mayoral picture. 
in front of Audrey. Oh my gosh. And then Shocking. everyone gets mad and um, he's like, oh, sorry, but I think it's more important that we stop using oil. It's <laughs> a bit too late to pitch ideas bad, for Christmas bad now, for the environment. maybe next right, year. Right, well, what about for Valentine's Day then? Okay, fine. Right, that is it for the podcast. Apart from, I also forgot to say, earlier on we were talking about this scene with Paddy Beaver and that lot that we saw a shot and I'd saw some text like messages from a secret this. source. No, I'm still not going to say I'm still going to save it to last week, but when I said earlier I've seen the text messages and it looks like it's definitely, it, it could be a Next big week. cut. What are you saying? No, I said earlier it looked like the scene could have been cut. I've now read the text message properly and I think, yes, it absolutely definitely has been cut, but I'm still going to wait until next week to talk about what the secret scene that we saw. We're eking it out. Is it canon? I don't know. It's in my head. I've seen the characters doing it. Um, So anyway, yeah, maybe check back next week for a bit of an exclusive about something that um, we saw. That never happened. never aired on TV. Hmm, How about that? It's not interesting. We are going to be back next week with another bonus episode. I've been having to think about what next week's bonus episode is. I don't really know still, so um, I guess come back Tuesday-ish to find out what I've decided on. And don't forget to tune in to our Patreon, because this month we're doing top five things that we want Spider to throw a can of soup onto. <laughs> no, we're not. Gemma's going on about the Patreon. You don't want to leave it until the last minute again, do you? But I haven't I'd, I'd thought about what we're going to do as our Patreon podcast this month. We've still got a few weeks. It's mid-October. It well, is the 15th of October here's now. Here's another spoiler alert, midnight. everybody. I am going to be away for a week. <gasps> Gemma's going away on holiday in the first week Without of November. Because she's going to leave me to fend for myself. And I don't even know what we're going to do as a bonus podcast. Whether I'll record an early one before Gemma goes, or whether Either I'll do a solo one, and we know how badly that turned out a few weeks ago, or whether there just won't be a bonus podcast that week. Can I just say what a shocking Selfish. state of affairs it is in our marriage that I say I'm going on holiday for a week, and your first two problems that arise in your brain is not you're going to miss me, or you don't want to be away from me, or you wish you could go with me. It's that number one, what am I going to eat? <laughs> and number two, what should we do about the bonus podcast? Of course I'll miss you. That goes without saying. Well, and here's I'm happy another that you're having a lovely time with your friends. Sad state of affairs of our marriage is that. I have spent quite a lot of time agonising and worrying and thinking about what you are going to eat and how can I prepare food for you to eat when I'm not here. Love you. Yeah, because you're going to starve to death. You're so I'll be fine. helpless. I'll be okay. You'll go around my mum's house. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Right, anyway, nobody's interested in this, so we're going to go well, now. Hope you all enjoy your curry you know puzzle books, those people like who it. have um, received them from us, and if you've bought one of your own, Happy puzzling, because like we said last week, I think it's a jolly good book that they put together. So maybe you uh, know, this weekend's a good time to put it together. They cobbled together. They did cobble it together, didn't they? With much thought. Goodbye. Thank you for right, listening. See you later. Over three hours. Time to stop. Did you know you can buy a special brush that I've discovered to do your skating boards? Time to go. The music of this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Bet you knew, wish you knew that three hours ago.